Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and I'm joined by my best man, Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Angela Vickers? <laughs> I, you know, you, I try to start off by saying something that's like warm and, 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 and fuzzy and, and, you know, something meaningful and you ruin it every it's time. Taylor. Every it's time. Taylor. I know it's Liz Taylor. You just called me Liz Taylor. <laughs> I, re- I mean, hey, there are worse things to be called. That's true. That's true. You excited to be here? I am excited to be here. I'm more than excited to be here. We have a very special reason as to why. Yes, I'm very excited to be here as well. We have our first official What Are You Watching guest. My father's here, Mark Withrow. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. This is, this is great. <laughs> this is so awesome. I'm so a little awesome. nervous, but this is great. Well, hey, it's, it adds to the fun of it. So as we get started, I told you we wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time. You could pick any movie you wanted. Tell us why you went with Parasite to talk about today. <laughs> oh, that's the that's the that's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it can t- Parasite can take a little heat. It's fine. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of that one. No, we're here to talk about a place in the sun. This is our movie together. George Stevens is American classic from 1951, starring Montgomery Clift, Elizabeth Taylor, mm. Shelley Winters. We love this movie. You first showed me this movie in September 2001 when I was like, I liked classic movies and American classic movies, but not, I was just looking at like maybe some best picture winners, but you went, I really think you're going to like this. So I, let's start there. Why, what made you want to show me this at such a young age? Cause I was like 15. Well, one of the main reasons is you always liked everything about cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the movie. It was everything about it. And I think this is one of the greatest movies ever made from camera angles, Ugh. lighting, close-ups. Ugh. And and it, it has two of the most beautiful actors that ever were in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. You know, Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor. And her name's Elizabeth, not Liz. Liz. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Sorry. Shots fired early oh. here. It's getting hostile. Damn. Yeah. Put some respect on Liz's name. But <laughs> Angela Vickers. <laughs> Angela Vickers, yeah. It's all 17 years of her. But yeah, I, I remember that. Like that, it was a profound experience of sitting there and watching it with you. And I remember thinking, like, I didn't even know movies this old were allowed to talk about this stuff. And they're they're maybe not necessarily saying the words, but what the the implications of what's going on about, you know getting pregnant when you're not married and all this confusion and do you know a girl in trouble that's what they would say back Mm -hmm. then she's in trouble and i this was really one of the first movies i saw that just talked about that without talking about it you know because the Hayes co was around so they couldn't say this stuff so i i'll never forget seeing that for the first time yeah that and this depicts the differences in classes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. society classes better than any movie i've ever seen oh yeah and I'm of the age that, uh, you know, I no, I was not born in 1951. Right. But I remember what it was like growing up in a town where certain people lived in one section of town. Mm-hmm. You know, now, today, a lot of people have a lot of money. And it doesn't matter where you live, sure, how you sure. dress. In this era, it did. Yeah. You know, it really, it really mattered. And this movie really shows the different classes yeah even in like the suit that he buys which is a big deal for him because it's his 35 dollars suit to go make an impression then everyone else is in these really fancy tuxedos and even you see it right there that's like just in costuming we see it and just as important as that the first scene in this movie yes where montgomery cliff's hitchhiking 
and he turns around his jacket. If you notice his leather jacket, I think it's a torn off insignia of where he used to work. Oh, okay. it's torn oh, okay. off of his coat. Interesting. And he just has on a white t-shirt and this leather jacket. Yeah. So you know where he came from. Right, right. Yeah, it's already right there. Oh, see, see, yeah, this is going to be so fun to That's talk about. Awesome. It's so fun to get into. Yes. Yeah, so when was, and then I promise I'll get to you, Nicholas. Somewhere. I don't care. When I know. <laughs> we, now we know when the first time I saw it was. Dad, when was the first time you saw this? Well, I would. like how? Like TV in a theater? <laughs> okay. I would have been a young teenager, probably 14, 13 or 14. And growing up in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. every Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. was the Reege Cordic Sunday afternoon movie. Awesome. That's awesome. And I, I would dash home from church mm-hmm. with my parents, and it was always a different classic movie. And Reege Cordic was a DJ on, the, um, on a local radio station, KDKA. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, of course, because of you. <laughs> that flows right exactly. up the tongue, too. Yeah. KDKA. KDKA. Was that the first FM station? That was the first AM station. A- Whoa. Okay, that's what it was. That's wow. what I knew. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but anyway, there would always be an old movie, and he uh-huh. would talk about it, and I remember seeing this. That's the first time I had ever heard of Montgomery Clift. Yeah. And it was like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, yeah. because you have to remember this would have been in the late 60s. There weren't beta machines or VHS. Yeah, no, the only yeah. way you yeah. saw movies like this was on a Sunday afternoon movie or a late show. Yeah. Yeah. Would so it have then, been censored on TV? Like, would they have cut out no. the conversation of her with the doctor? I'm in trouble or anything? No, or, because okay. she was in trouble. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. It, exactly. That can be, you know, and. What makes this and other movies from this age so good? It leaves a lot up to your mind. Mm-hmm. It yes. doesn't show a lot. That's yeah. what's, that's kind of the best thing about these movies that skirt around the Hayes Code. About yeah, they're they're leaving a lot to our imagination. But that's what's so cool and fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. When was the first time you saw it? So I saw this on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> on in September 2018, <laughs> At like six in the morning. At six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I I um I I took off of work that day. I, I believe I pre-planned it. I didn't know I was going to wake up. This was going to be my day. Right, right. I, I just happened to wake up at 6 a.m. And I'm like, I'm up. Like, what am I going to do? So I just went to the TV. And, well, you had been talking to me about this yeah, movie. Yeah, And I was about to um, enter into an acting class run by Larry Moss. And for anyone who doesn't know who he is, he's probably our last true last link to all of the great acting teachers of mm-hmm. Stanislavski, um, Meisner. He actually knew these people. He That's actually crazy. like trained under them. So right. he is that bastion. I believe he's Leonardo DiCaprio's like acting coach. Well, there you go. So he's a paid for hire, but he wouldn't run acting classes. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know you. You'd have to send all your materials and he would... Ba- you basically had to get in mm-hmm. in order to. Unfortunately, I did. He has a book on acting. In that book, he talks about Montgomery Clift being his favorite actor and A Place in the Sun being his favorite movie. So I was like, okay, I've got you coming at me yep. telling me that I need yep. to see this. And I got this acting teacher who I'm about to embark on a journey with telling me that this is his favorite movie and favorite actor. I watch it. And I am blown away. Mm-hmm. For all the reasons you're talking about, it was like... I. It was so scandalous. Yeah, yeah. And what it was making me think and feel 
when he's on the boat thinking about killing her. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like simp- not sympathizing, empathizing. <laughs> well, you get it sets up like it. You understand what he's going through so well, yeah. and that's that's kind of the brilliance of the movie. It's like you don't want him to do this, no. But then you kind of want him to like get away with it and like have a good life and all that stuff. But then like you, we don't condone murder. But yeah, that's it's towing that line. It's so towing well. that line, yeah. and I'm all I'm thinking about. I go, how was this made? Right. Like how was this a movie back then? Mm-hmm. Like that. Like movies today don't even like they'll either just hit the nail on the head with this. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm thinking about killing her. Right. Um, they won't, and it's because of the Hayes Code. Yeah. But they won't find little ways to skirt around it. But it's in those moments that actually, I think, trigger the more human parts of us yeah. in a way that we're like, because you don't know. You're, you're, it, the movie's not telling you this is what it is, but it's leaving to what you said, the imagination, to be like, how do I feel about this? Yeah. What yeah. is really happening? Are they really thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh. But we'll probably get into this later. Uh-huh. Was she murdered? Ooh, well, so the, no, th- yeah. that's that's the whole thing. That's because it? yes, we. Okay, so I guess yeah. Sorry, let, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> let me set up no, what, the, what the movie's about. I mean, obviously, this movie it came out in 1951. Like we're allowed to talk about the end. You know, we work really hard. Like we didn't t- to spoil Babylon. We don't do any of that because it's a new movie. We're gonna go through all of the film here as a way to have a proper discussion. Here's what it is about, very briefly. Montgomery Clift plays George Eastman. He's a poor kid who travels to a new town in hopes of landing a factory job from his very rich uncle, Charles Eastman. George falls into the Eastman fold fairly quickly. He's buying suits. He's doing good at work. He's advancing, fitting in, being polite. Two women come into his life. There's the homely girl next door. He works with Alice Tripp, played by Shelley Winters, and the rich socialite firecracker that is Angela Vickers, played by Elizabeth Taylor. George gets involved with both of them to one degree or another, and he's forced to choose between the poor girl who wants to marry him and the rich girl who wants to marry him. That's, I mean, that's like your basic setup and where it goes from here. Now, if this sounds familiar, this is based on a book by Theodore Dreiser called American Tragedy. It was released in 1926, which I did read. We talked about that. I was going to, I finished it before we saw it in the theater together. And then this story is like, it's been recycled, remade a few times, most notably with Woody Allen's crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. And moreover, Woody Allen's match point, which is like pretty much a damn near <laughs> remake of this that he didn't have to give credit to. So if you've seen those movies and you know, the story interests you, this is going back to the source, but that's what the movie's about. That's our setup. I'm more interested in talking about like the risky themes of the film and how it does handle abortion, murder, quote unquote, doomed love, class structure. So, okay, here, okay, let, let me start here. Since you already talked about what he's bringing into that first scene, I just kind of want to set up like how the book starts because the book is interesting. It's split into three very specific parts. Each are about 300 pages. The movie is only parts two and three. So it leaves out all of part one, and I don't need to get into it here, but he's involved in stuff. He's involved with a woman who manipulates him. He's involved in a killing that he didn't do, but he's an accessory to it. So he has to get out of Dodge, and he goes to Chicago, works in a hotel, meets his uncle, and that's how he arrives at this when the movie starts. So we're seeing... When the, I like in the movie, we like don't really know who he is or where he's coming from, and I just love watching him advance very quickly up through this new guy in town with this business card to, you know, now he's sitting in in his uncle's office and like going to buy the new suit. I just want to start there kind of in the, in the introduction. Like, what does that tell you about 
class about anything about just meeting George Eastman and coming into the fold? Well, at, at first, like we talked earlier, you know, he's in this used leather jacket. He has the card from his uncle if he was ever in town. Yeah. They call. He gets together with his uncle and aunt. I love that That scene. night at their home, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just basically brushed off as a guy who needs a job yeah. and, we'll, and we'll give him a job. They reveal his last job was a bellhop in a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they basically just say, you know, we'll give you a job. And we talk about the class that he was in and so forth. He meets his cousins. Yes. For the first time when he goes to his uncle's house. Who kind of look like about him, like a job. the tall, oh, skinny yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they all kind of look like Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're leaving that night, mm-hmm. his cousin, who is Charles Eastman's son, mm-hmm. doesn't say, have a good night, George. He says, good night, Eastman. Right. So that right. right there shows you, here's George in his uncle's beautiful mansion. Every The women are wearing fur coats. Yep. The men are dressed up, and they're just going out for a dinner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. George was not invited. No, it was very clear. Yes. You know. Yes. Oh, that's true. They're leaving for dinner. You know, they said, so yeah. we'll be in touch, my boy. But it's not, and, come, on, come with us. Yeah. And his yeah. aunt, I think, goes so far as to say, do you have a place to stay? Yes, yes. she does. And yes. it wasn't. You can come stay with us. It was, I know a good boarding house. These are all really good points. Yeah. But just careful language of not, there's no invitation. Yeah. There, it's not, it's, it's all, it, not and even he's come to dinner nephew. with us. Right. His yeah. father was an Eastman. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, I, I love that scene when he goes and visits them, goes over to the Eastman house for the first time. And the way that camera, you started by talking about the camera angles. It's so far back and it just like swallows him. You can see the ceiling like above and it just uh, it kind of like traps him into this world that he clearly does not belong. And I love that because then we get Elizabeth Taylor walking in from out of way back yeah. in frame in that white dress. And she never notices him. Right. Yes. Like, yes. That's and then initial all. meeting, uh, she doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not at all. He's just a man there for a job and yeah. probably used some of his last dollars to buy the $35 tweed oh, yeah. suit to show up. Absolutely. It's, it doesn't fit him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too big. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all fitting in. So then they get him his job. He's he's doing well and he meets, you know, they, they say his his cousin that you talked about, you know, don't don't fraternize with the women who work here, just keep it to yourself. Obviously, he doesn't. He meets Shelly Winters, who's giving him looks. And I liked, Nick, when we were watching it together a few days ago, you said he had those hairy arms of Monty yeah, yeah, when he's yeah, like yeah. doing the factory work. I love that. It's just great. But I love that scene. You know, he's, he's doing the boxes, and then the rich uncle comes in. And he kind of looks at his son and he's like, is that, oh my God, is that George? And then he walks over to George. He's like, you know, I've been keeping my eye on you. And it's like, no, you haven't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. just noticed it right here. Yeah, like, exactly. you keeping your eye on him. Uh, I love that. But yeah, I never really thought about the just those simple, it is what's said, but then what's not said. Like, do you need, you know, do you have a place to stay? Not do you want to stay here? Very, very interesting. And, and something interesting when he shows up at the factory for the first day of work mm-hmm. and they bring him in there. I think this was way beyond its time. The women all whistle at him. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. They you do. know. Yep. They do. Yeah. A little like cat calls to him. Oh, yeah. yeah to him. To because him. here's this yep. handsome yeah. young man coming in to work the assembly line. That's with right. Him. They don't really make a big deal about it, but they do. And yeah. to his, like, I mean, he's his flaw, in my opinion, is sexuality. Like, yeah. yeah I, so, yes. Yes. So he hears this. 
He likes it. Mm-hmm. We don't see him ver- like 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 acknowledge that, but his actions by showing up in just a white T-shirt. Oh yeah, to work the conveyor belt. This is what he's doing. Right. Like he can't help himself. Mm-hmm. He this is yeah. So yeah. Th- this this thing that he's exuding is what's furthering getting him more and more into trouble. Exactly. He knows he shouldn't do it, but he can't help himself. Yeah. Yeah. So he's meeting Alice, and then he gets invited to the Eastman party. Oh, but the way he really met Alice in yeah. the movie theater. Oh, he God, just shows right. up. He's a dirty right. dog. He, right. he, he takes the seat. He takes the seat. That's right. He just She's sits there down with right some next to her with another date. Some yeah. sailor. And he just puts his foot up and he's like, yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then they leave the theater <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah. That's right. This is something I wanted to bring up because I brought up when we were watching it the other night. Yeah. So they're walking home. And, you know, like, so he has taken her away from the sailor. Mm -hmm. They're walking home now, and he gets a kiss out of it. And this is like, they didn't have a date. Right. Like, this was not, like, this was, I literally just picked you up. Yeah. And then he basically tells her in, like, very, very, like, clear, like, dialogue, like, when am I going to see you like this again? It's there's no beating around that bush. It's like yeah. I want to see romantically when's that going to happen? Yeah, outside of work. Yeah. And she tells him, "Well, that's up to you because you're the one at risk." And he basically <laughs> just says, "Well, like I'm paraphrasing, but tonight works." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, exactly. Right We're here. And, We're yeah. And like, remember, this is. In the early fifties, yes, 50s, yes, when, that's what I. Mean. She's not even allowed to have men over. To she's her not allowed to have men over her little box apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh. and that's I was like screaming on the couch like Monty, you dirty dog. Yeah, like, he is. <laughs> yeah. I love the I love every scene at that apartment of hers. How it, usually I I was pointing this out like. It's usually all long takes, and their backs are to us for a lot of the yeah. scenes. It's so interesting the way they shoot that, and they don't cut in. And like the way he kind of gets to get into the apartment, he like invites himself in, and like oh, it's all it's all really really well, it's well to done. turn the radio down. Yes, yes. And little don't forget, little innocent Alice Trip uh-huh. is not all that innocent sure. because she in the beginning says, "I have my own entrance." Oh, that's right. That's true. Yes, yes. She knows. She knows. Yeah. She's yeah. She's not all really innocent, and I like that as well. Stuff's great. But but there's the the time it was made. She's Mm -hmm, not going to say you can come in anytime, right? Because oh, a woman wouldn't have done that in 1951. Of course, of course. There's so much. There is. There's so much going on. Yeah, and we've seen as an audience member watching it for the first time, we've been like, okay, that's Elizabeth Taylor who came into that scene a little bit ago. And but it's not it's not like imprinted in us. We're just sticking with Alice for now. Then he gets invited to the Eastman party. And now he's got the suit and he's gonna go over and meet Elizabeth. And this is when fireworks really start to go. Well, the first time he he's invited to the party when Charles Eastman, his uncle, gives him the promotion. Yes, he says, yes. next month, mm-hmm. you know, my wife's having a party. We yeah. would like you to come over. Mm-hmm. So he, he shows up in his tr- still in his tweed suit. Yeah, that's right. Second yep. time's in the tweed. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah. he's going so he, back. In the tweed suit. And he's... I love those scenes from oh, yeah. the camera angles, the lighting, mm-hmm. because... He sees his cousins. He thinks they're talking to him. Mm-hmm. They're not. He's really looked over. Yeah. He's yeah, all alone yeah. at this party. He's with a different class of person. Yeah. And that's it's just, it's so apparent to him. And I don't even know, the other people are just treating him. They don't know how to treat people another way. You know, no. they're just, they're not even like thinking like, should we invite him over? It's not even like that. They're just, oh, he's lucky to be invited. Yes. That's, well, that's nobody like even thing. notices it. Right, right. Exactly. Until... 
Yeah, but but wasn't then he he wandered off to play upstairs pool. to play pool. Yeah, because he was he was completely alone, a man he, apart. Yeah, he didn't know what to do. Right, so he goes in, finds the pool table, and makes some amazing pool shots. He does. He does. He's he really looks, good. I mean, we're gonna talk about Monty, but like the level of prep that wasn't that wasn't his first time picking up a stick. You know, no. he was definitely practiced and practiced and practiced. I'm sure. But this brings us to one of my favorite scenes, which is their first real dialogue scene together, because Angela walks into the room. She alludes to the fact that because he knows how to play pool well, that or you've lived a charmed life or something, she says to him, and I love that. And then it's like a dance they have with oh, each right. other. And and she's in that white dress, which was oh, so she's popular. So beautiful yeah, so when beautiful. she comes in there. 17 years old. And he if you notice in those scenes in the pool by the pool table, mm-hmm. he doesn't take her eyes off of her. He doesn't. She, he, oh, yeah, okay. She okay. she will glance down, look around. He never takes his eyes off of. He's her. just totally locked in to yeah. this absolute beauty. Like, who is this person? Not only is she beautiful, but she's part of this group that is quote unquote above me. And now she's talking to Ta- me. She's mm-hmm. folding me in. And yeah. he knows she's Angela Vickers. Vick, yeah, yeah. The the popular girl around town. Uh so, well, not the popular girl around. Well, not, I don't no, mean no, like yeah. that. I don't mean she's <laughs> like Shelley a socialite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Shelley Shelley has yeah. money. Yeah, They're, yeah, they yeah. Quite well. The Vickers and the Eastmans. It's like a good, yeah, it's that core family, the meeting of families that you want mm-hmm. to come together for. And you can tell the difference between like essentially this girl crazed guy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's how he definitely feels about the women at work. That's how he feels about Shelley Winters. But there is a difference of when Angela Vickers comes in. This, I think, for him is like, it, this is her. This is the one. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And the it, elegance. Yeah. Right. right. And, and he do, and like, it's amazing in his performance because you're seeing what he's doing up until this point, but I don't even know how to like explain it. You just feel that he feels differently about her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He lights up. He lights he up. He lights up. He's, yep. Dating or whatever with Alice, Alice Tripp, Shelly like Winters, tolerating her. Alice, yeah. a little oh, bit. Like, absolutely like she's, tolerating. She's here, like she, it, it's good. Like you know, that's fine. But Angela, yeah, l- completely lights him up in a way that I don't even think he knew was possible within him. Yeah, but, but I think one thing that's so good about this film and them, you you see the chemistry between right them. Away. They're oh, acting, right away. but there's something, something. There's uh. something there between the two. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why the movie resonates and why we all like it so much. And then when Angela asks him to dance. Yes. And here's this factory worker guy who is this beautiful dancer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with her. Oh, it's so good. And they dance until the rest of the guests have left. Yep, yep, that's right. Just the two of them dancing, looking at each other. He never takes his eyes off of her. I love it. That was that like close ups that that George Stevens. This is what we were gonna. I mean, I don't know if the close up like we just did a Bergman podcast, so we talked a lot about that. But I mean, in 1951, like. Call it American film, film in general. Like, I don't, I've never seen close ups look this good, especially this time period. It just looks like they're one. It looks like they're together as like one entity. And the way it's lit, I mean, they're just, they're so beautiful. They play so well off of each other. It's like they've known each other forever, but this was their first movie. And it's, oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. But in these scenes, also, don't forget 
the first time he goes to this party at the Eastman home mm-hmm. and meets Angela Vickers, who's Elizabeth Taylor, this was his birthday. So it's That's like right. this yes. was his That's birthday right. gift. Yes. And yes. No, they all know that. Yeah. Meeting her. Mm-hmm. But he tells her. Yeah, yeah, he does. And right, then right. they dance because mm-hmm. it's his it's birthday. birthday. That's right. And all the while, he's had plans with Alice back in her apartment they were going to have a little party little cake little something and he's just now that he's met this <laughs> this young love that's like livening him up alice kind of takes a back seat a little bit and that doesn't go over too well because yeah, he told alice oh i'm just going to make an appearance yeah, I'm just gonna, i'm just gonna <laughs> pop in <laughs> to this small party <laughs> this is where i chime in because okay, because listen yes he was invited to this party like this uh-huh. is his future yes this is everything like i'm sorry girl this takes priority over your little birthday cake. But that I you think wanted they've already slept together. I, oh, I, oh, they have. Yeah, yeah oh, they have. because when he goes exactly. home to the party, that's when I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, so I mean, he's. I he, understand, <laughs> but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that Alice, like, like you got to pump the brakes. Yeah, you gotta let me do this. Yeah, but she. I mean, that's what she's afraid of. If you get, you're gonna go hang out with your rich friends yes. and your rich family. Yeah, she reluctantly and, said because she made it a point. Well, that's your birthday. Yeah, I have a party. I have plan. a plan. She even says that. That's right yeah. at the factory. Yeah, he invites. That's right. I'm gonna have some people over the house, and she goes, "That's your yeah." And she says that so like modestly, like she's really hurt. They oh, we're, we're gonna miss our little party, and he does the guy thing, like oh yeah, you know I'll. I'll be there. Like, I'm just going to say, pop in and say hi. Didn't know I was going to have my life changed by meeting <laughs> Angela Vickers tonight. When they go back, when he goes back for Alice's little party, that's all one shot. And like her back is to us for most of the time. And that was really when I remember watching it for the first time going, oh, they're talking about that. I didn't even know movies were allowed to talk about this. Like, oh, her okay. being in trouble. Yeah, her being in trouble. Oh. But more now, here's where you get the greatest actor of all times. Okay. Because if you rewatch the scene when he goes in and Alice wakes up mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he's standing there, up until that point, anytime he's with Alice, yes, he's holding her hand or something. He doesn't come near her. Ooh. She's sitting across the table with the birthday cake. He's standing, yeah. I believe, in the window. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put an arm on her shoulder. He doesn't move toward her. He stands off alone. Yep. Because he's met Angela Vickers. Yep. Yep. It's not, it's just not there anymore. The affection is gone. But you it's in his that. face. You, yeah. That's what it's I was in say. his face you everywhere. Sense that for the rest of the movie in the face, it all just feels like a chore. Like, yeah. oh, now, oh, I mean, yeah, we're going to get there. But that, I mean, when she calls him at the house, at oh, the Vickers house, God. and he's like, oh my God. What like a nightmare. This, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, you see that all, the whole time. Like, Oh, I just, I moved a little too early here. Like, you know, if I just could have waited, it just could have been Angela and maybe everything would have been okay. And that all, every single scene post Angela Vickers that's playing on his face. Well, I think in this particular scene, I think he's ready to walk. I do too. I do too. And then she tells trouble. Him. Yeah, I it, I think you're absolutely right. I think it, the plug would have been pulled right there. Like, yeah, because oh, you know, he's standing so far away. Yeah. Then when she says. I'm in trouble, yep. you know, and he's like, what kind of trouble? Mm-hmm. That trouble, or however it's worded. Then he goes over to her yeah. and puts his hand on her shoulder. Yeah, now he has some responsibility. Oh, boy. Okay, so then there's a party, because I want to get to the kiss, because this yeah. this big kiss between Monty... Well, then then Angela invites him George to the, yeah, to the party. To the, to the Vickers party. Yeah. yeah, without 
he doesn't tell Alice anything mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. that. It's all separate. Yeah, she has no idea. She's going to find out later in the gossip columns. Well, that, <laughs> the that's 1950s. even down the yeah, road. Yeah, right, right, way down the road. So he goes to the vicar's place. Oh, my God, this kiss. I mean, so as much was... Angela's guest. Yeah, as Angela's guest. And so much was made about this that she like had only kissed like a boy once in yeah. real life because she didn't want... Oh, what? They had to wait until she turned 18 that, to film it. That's right. That's right. Because she was 17. Yeah. And when just they to started do that oh, I was yeah. going to ask about that because I know she was 17. We were kind of talking about that. That's right. You're yeah, like, they, I wonder how they, they did this. They had to wait until she was 18 years old to film that scene. Yeah. Oh, God. I love it. And I, you could see special features with her like decades later saying how, well, it wasn't quite my first kiss, but it was close to my first kiss. And Monty was just a great kisser. Oh, I love her. Uh, I love her. But I mean, you talk about the chemistry there. I mean... This is something you and I, Nick, talk about on the podcast a lot, that it, it doesn't just have to relate to romance. Like, two yeah. guys can... I mean, Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell in Bruges, or Banshees. Like, they're, they're great chemistry, and you really believe them as friends. Here, in terms of romance, like, you and I were joking, we were watching it, that people fell in love so quickly in movies yeah. back then. They, they meet once, or they kiss once, and it's like... <laughs> I love sometimes you. I, yeah, sometimes I don't believe it with these two. I just believe it. I'm like, yeah. I believe you two fell for each other this quickly, because it's just so convincing. Well, well, that's something I'm glad you brought that up, something I want to talk to you about, was like, this is a very common thing that would happen in movies of this time, where guy and girl would meet, and usually, even before the first kiss, I love you was said. Mm-hmm. And and just thinking about like at the time, you know, there 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 wasn't like this giant world that we have today where everything moves so fast. It's like you just met someone, you've never understood these feelings, and it's like, oh my God, I do love you. And then like the kiss was actually what like sealed the deal. Right, right. And <laughs> yeah, and this does not feel like that. Yeah. This exactly. truly feels like they have fallen in love. And that she's just 17 and like, this is the first, this is the one, this is going to be the guy for but me. What Was that really what it was like? <laughs> and I know you're not that old. No. But, <laughs> no, hey, but I was a teenager in the 70s. Yeah. No, it was not yeah. like that. No, the thing I said to him is that we're meeting so many fewer people back then. But like, even in the town you grew up in, I'm not going to talk out of turn, but you knew people of, let's say, the age of the people in this movie who yeah. were not necessarily waiting to get married to sleep together. And you you know, and that even though that's not what is necessarily depicted in most American movies at the time, it was certainly going on. Like people were out here doing stuff. This is just one movie that does depict it, but yes. very carefully. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I re- that's another thing that I really like about that because we all, okay, I'll speak for like us. Like we grew up and I just, I thought like the 50s, like everything's fine. 40s, you know, post-war, everything's fine. Everyone's just prude all buttoned up, walking around. And then we talked about this on the Babylon pod. Like it was never like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the movies- It was made, well hidden. Right, it exactly. Well hidden. Exactly. Yeah. The movies were good about hiding it and being like, no, this is all a glossed over version. But there was always stuff going on. There's always been deviancy in, in life. Like not from everyone necessarily, but it's always- Exactly, exactly. We're all flawed. We all do stuff. Oh, I love it. But did you notice before that- kiss when they went to this party george had gotten the promotion when he goes to this party he's in a very fine tailored black suit very nice he's he, he was like part, one of them. he was part of the group yep yep now he's angela's date he yeah he absolutely looks like he's because he's becoming an eastman he's deserving of the name now all this all the while and yeah but that that kiss just oh the God. way I guess it was George Stevens directed it and it's filmed. It zeroes in. It, 
I don't remember close-ups like that. Not that yeah, close. Ever I still, before. No, no, and, they're and so that, close. And there's so many movies after right. that that's, you know, that's such a big part of them. Well, and what's so cool about the close-ups in this is that for so much of the movie, like I'm talking about, the camera's just back there. Like the first time he comes to the Eastman house and the, everything's swallowing him or when we're with Alice and it's in the, kind of in the corner of the room. And in doing that, you you almost want to be like, are you gonna? Are we gonna punch in for like to see coverage or something? That's why you earn that close up of you're so far away, and then it just you're right here. Like it's they're so extreme, but yeah, it's it's the direction, it's the lighting. It it just looks like it took like a day to light those close ups. You know, like mm-hmm. so much time and effort was paid to them. Oh, I love them. Go by the doctor. Yeah, they go to the doctor, yeah. which is that's that's like a really careful conversation. That's a conversation a lot of the when you read about the movie now that that was a really tricky one to write and what was said. And cause she's kind of lying, she is lying to him and he parses through and like, uh, okay, what's really going on here? And then to the, doctor. I mean, what were the options back then though? But see, if, the, the, you know what you two would know. And I really didn't experience this either, but I learned as I got older and I, you knew it was going on. It was always talked about. There was a doctor or two in every town. That, that could and would do and that. And usually it wasn't done in their offices. Sure. Or their offices were part of their home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there would be a nurse that would help. It was like the secret abortion. Right, right. You know, it, because it, abortion was not made legal. Sure, sure. Until yeah. the early, um, I guess, yeah, the early 70s. Yeah, Roe v. Wade. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. We all know how that went. So yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so you, you knew this went on in mm-hmm. your town. Mm-hmm. But... One thing I think that was interesting, perhaps had Alice been a patient of that doctor, it may have gone different because she indicates I've people have told me to come see you. So but as a like stranger, yeah. she he doesn't know can I trust this woman mm-hmm. yeah, to keep yeah. this a secret. Where had she been a patient of his, right? He may have been more in agreement. Oh. To, yeah, he yeah. could have been one of the guys in town who does that, but you know, he could he could get obviously in a lot of trouble for doing that. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And since she just huh. shows up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no options. Wow. Okay. And that's the, such an interesting layer to it. Yeah. Yeah. I never really considered that honestly. from his perspective. Yeah. Exactly. Because exactly. he very well may have been a doctor that would have done that. Right. Right. And 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 I remember reason I was talking to you because I've been watching this scene, and I'm like. What's she really talking about here? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I go to you, I go, is she talking about what I think she's talking about? And you were like, that's up to you if you really want to think about yeah. it. But I mean, the writing's on the wall. Right, it's, exactly. It's, it's all what's not being said. And then when she turns out to actually be lying, mm-hmm. to your point now about the doctor seeing that, and he goes, okay, well now not only do I not know you, I've already caught you in a lie. I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, yeah. Because I think somewhere she says something like, people told me you could help me. Yes, right, right. she does. She, she does, yes. she does, yeah. And I think that's enough of a suggestion yep. yeah, to be like, can, can you help me? <laughs> I know you don't know me, but can this, you know, can this work? I'm, I'm thinking about how, um, this is such a weird like comp to bring up, but I never knew until I was like 14, 15 what 
Jerry Orbach was doing in Dirty Dancing oh, and like his oh. his role and and right. that and that whole thing and like you know Swayze's friend you know she's in trouble and it's kind of it's it's just cool to see the same like lingo applied in an 80s movie but cuz that takes place in the 50s or 60s and maybe he was like kind of one of those guys he was a guy who knew how to do it at least you know I don't know if he did it in his town the Jerry Orbach character Yeah well I mean, he was yeah. helping yeah he yeah, helped her out Right yeah, exactly after. exactly yeah cuz someone she else did not tried. go to a doctor Yeah she went to some that's right. And when you said, what are the options? That's what I've always heard. There were options mm-hmm. of people just in back rooms. Right, right. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So that she does not elect to take that option. She pressures him to get married, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this baby. And he's, you know, he's playing both sides. He doesn't, he's yeah. got pulled in this one direction. Of course, the child is complicated, everything. And then he's excelling with Angela who's getting much more into him she invites him to his lake house and this is like this is a big deal so he decides yeah I'm gonna go now what what does he sell Alice to be able to go wasn't he going to his mother to his mother yes his mother who's very religious and can't leave where she is because she has to look after her her service and stuff the mother played by Anne Revere really really good performance every time we cut back to her so he's he's lying. So now he's living this double life, and he goes out and he's just having a heck of a time up at the lake house there. And then he ends up in the column, the newspaper column. I love that because the vicars are out having a great time. And the he's, social, page. yeah, the social. See page. in yeah, newspapers up it. through the oh, probably up through the eighties. Mm-hmm. Even in my hometown newspaper, there were every day there were two pages, and they were called society pages. Just what people oh, anybody doing. that got married in town, <laughs> the bride's picture would be there. Yeah. If there was a big party going on at someone's home, there would be a picture of that. That's one of the things that you miss now. <laughs> oh, no, for yeah. sure, for sure. Local papers. It was the society page. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there they were on the society page. I love that. And then she sees it, and then that's. This is where, I mean, Shelly Winters is so, so good in this, everyone is, but it, she kicks into a different gear here of like, not only is he lying to me, now there's other, another woman in the mix, and that, this is, leads to one of my favorite scenes when he's just sitting there and his, enjoying his drink in the house and she calls and they all have on lays and the, yeah exactly lays and hawaiian shirts at they, all look, they all look great and in the vicar's lake right house. the vicar's lake house and then gets a call he tries to play it off like it's his mom and that's a scene honestly i remember so well from match point when scarlett johansson calls him and she's like screaming like i know where you are i'm here i'm here i'm gonna blow everything up and the way it is portrayed here and the way that he has to like, <laughs> you just, you know, look it around like, oh my God, am I going to have to, okay, this is really going to happen. I love, that's when you really start to see things break down and we're going to start to talk about motivations of what is in his, in his head. When does this plan start to form of potentially Alice's demise? But yeah, I just love this whole sequence of getting the phone call, all that. Oh yeah. And you can, she's a woman scorned. Because he, oh, yes. he kept, oh yes postponing the mm-hmm. wedding yeah that's we'll right do it that's next right. week yeah we'll, we'll do, do it, it next week, week. yeah and she comes up and she's like we're getting married now i'm yeah. like we're doing this i'm now. here yeah, i'm, I'm here. at i'm it's, at the i'm at bus the, station or, yeah you better get here i'm i'm here well th- there's the great scene i love this scene so much because um they're in the car and it their their faces are completely blacked out by the mm-hmm. shadows mm-hmm. And or maybe I'm thinking of the wrong scene, but this is when when she's basically saying we'll get married in the first weekend of September, and then he realizes that that's the same weekend of this party. Oh yeah, and this yeah, is the scene earlier. with the shadows, yeah. right, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, car, because mm-hmm. because you don't see his face or hers, 
But just based off of what we know, mm-hmm. the level of like that sinking feeling that he must have yeah. of just being like, oh, brother, what, <laughs> what you mean to tell me the one weekend? Exactly. Like that's the weekend you want to do this? And, you know, and then he's left to do what, you know, he ends up doing. Yeah, yeah. But the Shelly Winters in that phone call. Mm-hmm. Man, a woman scorned is right. Like she, she means it. Like oh, she, absolutely. She's like, I will come up there right now. No, and you're coming to get me. <laughs> yep. And yep. and and I love Elizabeth Taylor's reaction because like they're at this family dinner. Yeah. And the person who hands him the phone is like, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Everyone hears that. Yep. Every, and Elizabeth Taylor's like, mm, um, okay. Uh, you know, and and he plays it off as if it's his mom. Right. The, the, that's the worst, though. He he uses his mom. Yeah, she, she's ill. She's ill. I have to leave it, it's right not now. Looking good. Yeah. I got. I mean, that's like the worst one you do. The guy. worst like one the, you do. The, the, my, my, I'm a sick parent. I gotta leave. See ya. That's not bad for karma. But he's slipping back into yep. that yep. old person. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Deceitful, lying, and and that's that's what's also so cool about it is that while he does lines and is deceitful. You never see him be evil. No, he's never. He no. never crosses over to like he's getting enjoyment out of this. Or no. there's none of that. That's that's where the conflict is so cool to watch him. To your question that we started off with, you know the motivations yes. of what's going on. You Nick and I talked about this a lot yesterday, and I don't want to harp too much on the book, which is to say it's the same as the movie. But no, I I think he has something in motion of basically I believe everything George, George Eastman says I think his intentions are not very good oh, when he's planning thank you. oh do, do you yeah. oh, I thanks. no seriously when when he's planning everything I think he has bad things on his head but I think when he gets out there in that close up when we're just seeing him and he's sweating and he's like staring at her I think he goes no this is not the move like I need I need to exit my intentions are good, and then you know she goes over, and bad things happen. And that's what yeah. goes on. But I don't think he had the plan to kill her. The, I don't. The whole scene on the lake. <sighs> just watch Montgomery Clift. The whole yeah. face, he barely his talks. whole body. Yes, yeah. yes, everything. He's shaking. Just watch He's like him. Shaking. Yeah, you know she yeah. she gives one of her finest scenes. She's great when she just goes nuts mm-hmm. in that boat. Mm-hmm. You know, but just watch him. Yeah. yeah. That that's one of my it's favorite. Incredible. Yeah, what one of my favorite moments from him because it just keeps cutting back, and every time it cuts back to him, he looks more confused and he's sweating. Yeah. And that's usually when I like post pictures in the movie. I I will pick that exact scene of him where he. I, I mean, you're looking at him like, oh man, is is he really going to do it? Is this what's going to happen? And then it just goes, you know. It, it turns out to be a big accident, but obviously he's the only one there, so he's culpable. And just just a wee little bit about Montgomery Clift in that scene. Mm-hmm. I've read where he was such a good actor, he could make himself sweat. Oh, so like I heard Shelley Winters say that. Yeah, yeah. and and he, Elizabeth Taylor. He, yeah, that was not like they were putting water on, which him. is usually he what they could do. make yeah. himself sweat. He yeah. would be so into the character, and so in, he was that character. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was reported that he thought about all of this. He thought about. When he's going to like move his hands, when he's going to lean on a chair the right way at exactly what line he's going to deliver it on. And yes, all this stuff, making himself sweat. I remember hearing Elizabeth Taylor talk like she had worked with actors. She was a child actor and she had worked with people, but never at this level. She never seen someone shake with emotion based on what their character is feeling, let alone sweat, cry, any of that. And yeah, you really, <laughs> you just look at him. He looks like a guy in such turmoil. And then, yes, she's losing her mind. 
they stand up and there's, there's well, another, she stands up. Yeah, she yeah. stands up and that's, I mean, don't rock the he boat. He did and then yeah, she boat, did. Don't rock the boat. And then you fall over and there's there's a great story from Shelly Winters where I guess um, <laughs> George Stevens was like, you're going to fall in and then get up and say, you know, help, save me, and then go under, and then come up again, help, help, and then go under and then don't come up for a second time. And she's like, have you been in this water? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And she said, I, I don't think I can say dialogue. It's like below freezing. And he's like, yes, you can. And he's kind of screaming at her. So he jumps out of the boat and he's like, look, I'll show you. He goes under, he does it. He gets out of the boat and he's like, we'll loop the lines later. Don't say the lines. <laughs> oh go. my God, that's so, so funny. So yeah, willing to like work, but but that's another thing. Like they're really out there on lakes. Like they're shot this in Lake Tahoe. Very rare for a Paramount Studio movie of this time. You just want to be inside where you can where you can control all the lighting where you don't have to deal with these elements and i mean those noises like you keep hearing those whatever the hell the loons the loons that's what it is loon loon lake, lake. Yeah, lake. Keep, keep hearing them and then the owl oh, oh God, yeah it's just oh it's so good i the whole lake scene is like it's just really one of my favorite sequences i love that we are, we're meeting all of these people and watching all these lies without knowing that these people are going to be you know called back for a court case <laughs> like later and i love the shelly winters like because her dialogue in that scene I, I it's it's always best in any type of conflict or drama where the characters actually say the truth mm-hmm. of what the situation is mm-hmm. so when she says like she's basically saying i know you don't want this i bet you wish i was dead yep. is that what you really want do you wish i was dead right like he doesn't want to kill her I think in his mind he'd be like things would be a lot easier if you were. I, I think you see oh, him playing yeah, with all absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. because that that is two things can be true. His life would be easier without her, but he does not want to kill her. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's exactly yes. it. And so she's basically letting it all out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, that's amazing when you can get to that real is ugly and as awful as that truth might be, but it's actually his truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. she sees it. And, and she says, and it's just that whiny voice, wish right. I was dead, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, oh, I love her. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I love her. But I love that. I love that the movie, as much as it dances around so many things, that was as in your face as it gets. Yeah. Like yeah. that was the truth of that moment. Right. And you see him plot all of this pretty carefully, like the renting of the boat, we're changing names, it's all right. like all this covering his tracks. And then always one of my favorite scenes is, you know, the, the death has occurred, the death yeah. of Alice has occurred, and he's walking through the woods and, you know, those dogs and those boys kind of see the, him. And the Boy and Scouts. Like, oh, okay, and what's this guy here? He looks unwell. You and know? he is so nervous. Yes, yes. He's so good yeah, in exactly. this role. He is just a nervous person. Wrecked. really thought he, he was just home free and then yeah runs into them and you're like i remember seeing that because i i had no idea the first time i saw it's where this movie was going i didn't know i mean the, the death i was very very surprised by because again not not a big common theme like you don't know l- lovers don't really die a lot in 19 no. pregnant lovers don't <laughs> yeah, die yeah, a lot in 1951 like it's i'm just like whoa okay okay nick when you and i were watching it two days ago together i said like this might be it's so hard to say this i feel like i keep saying this but this could be maybe my favorite part of it when he has to go back to the vicar's home yes. still in that hawaiian shirt and just pretend like everything's okay yeah all the while the this dead girl is like making newspaper headlines and they're all reading the newspaper yeah i'd like to offer a correction okay Ooh. when Ooh. he goes back to the vicar's house yes. it's a few days later uh-huh. and if you notice it's the first time since the beginning he's wearing the old leather jacket 
with the torn off insignia. Oh God! See, I didn't oh, even notice that. Man. Jeez, wow! And a okay. white T-shirt. Yeah, white. When so he goes back, back more, it's a full reset. The first time yeah. she sees him. Oh wow! He's back yeah. in the old. He's the old George. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Old George is the full reset to when we first met him. Yeah, because okay. really, I really think that jacket has an insignia yeah, that torn he's taken off, off of it. Yeah, yeah, I buy that. I totally buy that. Doesn't want people to know where he's from, you know. Yeah, and and in his mind, because you know the way that he's thinking is like he's he's not a dumb guy, Mm-mm. but he is blinded by, and he's got a very unfortunate look. Yeah, but I could see in his character that by putting on these clothes, it is a reset. Yeah, like I am just going to kind of pretend as hard as I can that right. this didn't happen. It's over. Mm-hmm. I'm here now. I'm I, back. I yep, this is a this is a brand new day. Uh, and they all welcome him back. Yeah. 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 They're like happy to see him. Oh, your mom's okay? Like, yeah, everything's uh this is the part that I really love. He just wants to spend some time with Angela and can we just be alone? You know, can we yeah. we'll go out? Can we can I really just talk to you? And everyone's pestering him, they follow him out to the speedboat. I love that when that's such a good shot when this when they take off in the speedboat and then the other people come by and then you catch on the radio that this girl was found in the lake. Mm-hmm. Just all those things working. It's like it's a lot of work and we're out there on a lake. We're not like it's some studio tank. This it, it, this these are the things that impress me so much when I'm watching a movie, movie from this era. Yeah, yeah. What a way to achieve that! Mm-hmm. Like it, it speaks to so much because yeah. you've got the action. But now we need to hear some exposition. Yeah. So we stay on the deck. We hear the radio. And we're now hearing this information. He's literally out to sea. Yep. And it leads us. It's like, okay, so things, uh, this is not a foolproof plan. He did not get away with this. No. That he did. And he's hoping, like, you know, maybe maybe they'll think there's another person down there as well. And that, you know, they won't find my body. But it ain't going to go that way, pal. When he goes back and has to talk to Angela's dad. And now things are, like, tense. He thinks... Newspaper headlines. I, I mean, even when he goes into the to talk to Angela's dad, he's reading the newspaper. It's like murder at Loon Lake. Yeah. He sets it down. You think, okay, he's about it's going to be bad. You're the new guy in town. But instead, it's one of these conversations we talk about about you just met my daughter. I need to know more about you because it looks like you might get married. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I met like a couple weeks ago, but you know we're, we'll go through it. And that is such a well-staged scene because we are just behind them the whole time. And this lamp is right between them. And then we see Elizabeth Taylor come in and listen. You're watching Monty like, is he about to blow up my spot? Like, does he think I'm involved in this murder? Like, oh, no, I just have to. And he goes and kind of like sells his. He's telling the truth there. Like, well, I come Mm -hmm. from a very poor family. And you really believe him. You're like, oh. uh, it's it's crazy because he yes he like it, it, it's said in the court scene like all these lies that that he does but when he's telling the truth like it, it's the truth it is it is it, you totally believe it and yeah, i think that it, angela's, it, it is. angela's dad believes it too she's well, what like, he's okay. telling there was 100 percent true exactly, yeah, exactly exactly it was him yeah it's really him he just he's leaving out a lot of other stuff back he's, there he's, well he's just, yeah well yeah yeah and i can't wait till we talk a little bit more about that because yeah. that that influenced a lot of my my way of watching this movie this time yeah yeah we'll go for yeah. it we can open it up so um so i asked alex when we were re-watching this so this is like you informed me when the movie starts. This is part three of the book or part two? Part the movie begins essentially where part two of the book begins. Yeah. And then it plays yeah. out pretty pretty part three is essentially the entire court case. That's essentially what it is. And yeah. so I was like, oh wow, what happens in part one? Right. And you were like, right. all right, well, here we go. <laughs> and you gave me the Cliff Notes version yeah. of it. 
But essentially, uh, well, I'll let you do it because I, I, yeah. I won't speak as well to it. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. And I'll be quick because I did kind of touch on it before. But essentially, when we meet, his name is not George Eastman in the book. None of the names are the same. But we meet him. He gets entangled very quickly with this woman named Hortense Briggs. Hortense Briggs, she's she's tough. What a she, name. Yeah, she's she's a woman about town. She manipulates George into like buying her small things, doing favors for her, and he figures out he's one of many men, essentially. But he doesn't really do much about it. He does have some he engages with prostitutes a few times, but with this group of Hortense and some other like not very good figures, they get one of their boss's cars and they go out joyriding, hit a little girl, and she's in the girl's dead. And no one really makes like that big of a deal about it. Certainly not as big of a deal as they should be making. Yeah. It's just kind of like, uh, George is very, he's very nervous. He's like, uh, and then he just flees. But he has been seriously screwed over by at least one woman that we know. Yeah. He's been implicated in a murder and he just, he has fled to Chicago to get this bellhop job. And then by seemingly pure coincidence, he meets his uncle. But yes, those are, that's all the baggage he's like bringing into it. So you don't need, I don't think, to know any of no, that you watching don't. A Place in the Sun. But now that I know that, yes. I know that Montgomery Cliff, the actor, studied the first part of that yeah. book. Yes. And he Absolutely. went, I'm bringing all that into this. Absolutely. All of it. Yeah. Because you can see in his mannerisms how he keeps himself small, especially mm-hmm. in that opening scene when he's first invited to the Eastman's house. Mm-hmm. Like. He is he, he is covering up some real real serious wounds, and yes, you don't need to know that because he gives it to you in the performance. Mm-hmm. Like you you mm-hmm. you you just understand. Oh, this guy is a certain kind of way. You don't tortured. need to know why. But tortured, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. tortured. But even if you when you do know that, you're like, oh, I can see now. Like in that scene where they where they go into the boat. Like he wants to be alone with Elizabeth Taylor, Mm -hmm. but then everyone jumps in and someone takes someone from the boat and throws them into the lake. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a little bit more raw because that just happened. Right, exactly. But it's like double like in a way because now he's also dealing with the the other person that died. Yeah. And and it's sort of like you can see it's just like this is a lot. This is a Mm -hmm. lot. It's so raw. Yeah. You can even see when he and Angela go out for that little joy ride, just the two of them. She's like driving like a bat out of hell for no reason. The cop pulls her over. He looks a little nervous. I mean, number one, why are you driving so fast? Like I am kind of trying to evade the police, but also like I was once involved in a really bad high collision car accident and I don't really need to be doing that again. And you just, you can see all those little things. Like this is a very nervous guy, a tortured guy. He does not walk into the movie as this like blank slate. No. Nope. bring an entire life into yeah, it. That's yeah. why Montgomery Clift is such a good actor. Exactly. You know what? We can, uh, well, okay, we can well, finish out the movie. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying the movie because we're kind of going yeah, in order, but close. we are going to talk yeah. about Monty. Yeah. Yeah, let's finish out the movie. Yeah, yeah, because, well, the next place <laughs> I have is the people versus George Eastman well, when we get to but the, the, the escape in the woods, the yeah. second oh, escape. Yeah. After oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. After he and Angela Vickers are talking at the house, mm-hmm. then, you know, they have come to the house to question mr vickers right if anything has gone on mm-hmm. and then he just starts running through the woods yeah. like a 
Oh, just God. like a wild oh, yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah. That's a one wild of my, animal. Yeah, running literally from these cops. It's like, there's like dogs, and then that's one of my favorite shots when he sees that old guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. like George you think Eastman. he's a hunter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Go over that way, bub. Don't make a move. Yeah, that's that's great. He just he literally has to flee and run and. Uh, yeah, because that old guy, up. it's like, is your name George Eastman? Yeah. And then they go to Raymond Burr. Raymond DA. Burr, here yeah. he is with his, he's on his cane. Yeah, go, go, go for it. You know, and then they start talking. Mm-hmm. Are you George Eastman? You know, you're under yeah, arrest or something. And he immediately says, I'm not guilty. Yeah, yeah, right away. He just he jumps there. Because they didn't really, they're not like pushing him that far. No. In that, And he just goes and it's like, okay, well, well, buddy. That's it's kind of a and yeah. Then the trial. <laughs> then the trial. That's that would be my biggest. Um, this isn't a book report, but probably my biggest qualm of the book is we like in the movie and in the book we know how the murder or how the death has gone down. We know all of that. He spends a lot of time in the book watching this Raymond Burr character trying to figure it all out, and it's like, hey man, we already got it. Like you don't you don't need to spend so long on it. The movie spends like I don't know seven to eight minutes of it. Kind of goes off, and you see Raymond Burr, you know, interviewing everyone. It's just where he came, and it just all that stuff. And he's, I mean, he's great in it. That is a great supporting performance in the third act to come and just own it. Yeah, but yeah, the court case. Now we have this. It's this ongoing thing of he's telling people that I really did not mean to do this. It just happened. It was an accident. The thing is, even if that is the truth, you've told so many lies to get to this point. How are people supposed to believe you? And that's what makes that court case so compelling. Yeah. But his performance, Montgomery Cliff's on the stand. Yeah, it's so good. Give the guy the Oscar. Come on. Oh, we'll get to that, my friend. Don't don't you worry. Oh, come on. Just his... you know, he's the, he's everything. Yeah. Just, he like hits the arm stand a little bit. He's like, I, I promise I really hands, didn't mean to everything. do it. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I may have thought that, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go through with it. And then, um, it's a, one of the few like real laugh lines in the movie when Raymond Bird springs down that oar. Oh my boat. God. He's like, you smash it on a head. <laughs> like you talk about leading the witness. Exactly. <laughs> really? You and I were calling out objections. We were yeah. like, uh, there should be an objection bong. here. Yeah. It's like really? argumentative. You're, you're Come on, Perry Mason. Yeah. That's, that's what got him Perry, the Perry Mason role. Yeah. That's, so here's, here's the thing. The court case is pretty long, even for like this movie. And they go through all the motions. Was this a big thing in like fifties movies that you remember or forties? I just don't remember a lot of court case scenes. No, I, remember, I don't like, either. Witness for the prosecution was, yeah. I believe, fifty-seven. Right. Oh, but I. So when I when I watch it now, I I remember thinking they really spend a lot of time here. I wonder if that's and it's very heightened, like yes. dramatics. Like if you watch To Kill a Mockingbird, that's pretty like even keeled court dramatics. But this is. It's very heightened and not really the way it always goes in court. And I wondered if they were, if that was just one of the first movies to do that. And it's certainly one of the earliest I've seen. I just like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that that much in movies. One of the cool things about this, it goes right back to class because Angela Vickers was protected. Yeah. Her name is not released. The defense attorney agreed to it. She would never be. That that Come was all part, part of, of the deal. Yeah, we'll be cooperative, but my daughter stays out of it. Yep, that's right. That's how she's able to have her last little moment and with that, him. And that wouldn't yeah. happen if it were reversed and Alice Tripp right. had been involved. She would have been brought into court. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no rights. It would no, yeah. you're you're helping us, but because <laughs> really? daddy daddy yeah. Vickers has money, yeah, he can buy that stuff. And it's class. And I think the dialogue that really sums up, it, it puts everything in a perspective, is when Raymond Burr is like, it's true that you lied about this. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And he basically, the laundry list of all the lies that he's made, 
and they're all yes, yep, lie. Right. And and this is what kind of so to bring back to the beginning of the podcast when when we were asking was this murder? Mm-hmm. I really don't think it is for the exact same reason we've been talking I about I, yeah. where. I think he he was so truthful. I did lie. I lied because I needed to get out of this situation. But now that we're here, I did not want to kill her, even though I may have had that in my head. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it, I couldn't and I didn't want to. I think that's 100% the truth. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I agree. And, yep. I do too. I do too. And, but, I believe him. Yes, but I'm you, so glad to hear oh, 100%. Yes, from both of you. <laughs> but I can see the way that that dialogue is laid out, mm-hmm. that for the jury... It's sort of like you lied a lot. Yeah. And now you've admitted to lying. And now we're just supposed to kind of what give sympathy because you had thoughts of murder and you just didn't see it through. Exactly. You can see how the verdict of guilty was made. Spoiler. And um <laughs> not just guilty, but but not just guilty, death, but yeah. death penalty. Yeah. But yeah, it leaves chair. you yeah. with that question that we're asking, and that's like that is how I feel. I feel like he did not, but mm-hmm. That's a that's a gray area. Yeah, well, I mean, it really is. And the DA, he does he does his job very well. He gets yep. him to admit to all these lies and then go, "Why in the world should we believe you now?" Exactly. Like, your biggest thing, the biggest thing that apparently is the truth. That's what you want us to believe. Mm-hmm. Like it might be a bridge too far, and it is for it, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and it's understandable. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not something that's that's not a leap that you really have to be like. You're like, oh, yeah. It does not go George's way. He gets sentenced to death by the electric chair. Probably the first time, again, that I've heard of that in a movie that where you're just talking about the death penalty openly. And it's like this nice coda to the end of the movie where that priest comes in. I really like that guy. He really just seems like sad for George. And they have that really great conversation about like what was actually in your mind and your heart. Yeah. What was in your heart? Like, was it murder? And I love Montgomery Cliff's body language because oh, he's sitting so far against completely. the cell. He's not like engaged because it's like, th- no matter what he says, this isn't going to go his way anyway. And then ending with that just beautiful sequence between Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor where they're just uh, standing there. And daddy's money would have gotten her, you know, in there for a final goodbye. Silently, anonymously rather. Yeah. But notice when she enters the cell, uh-huh. I think it's the only time in the movie where he's paralyzed. He does not move. Can't move. Yeah. He he, he is bored stiff. stiff oh, wow. As she's yeah. talking to him. That last scene, that's some of the finest acting yes. oh, ever so done. Good. It's so good. And that chemistry is still there. Yeah, you yep. absolutely believe you can, it. You can just see it. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the camera is not even anywhere special for that. Right. Like right. that that's not one of those scenes where it's like, oh, let's make this look as let's just put the camera up. When so when we're seeing her, she's in that like that doorway of the jail cell. I was thinking about it. That might be my favorite scene of the whole movie. To it's be a honest. lot of people's. I've heard people yeah. say that. It's man, picking you know, just she, one favorite. She's yeah. in that suit mm-hmm. and that hat. She's and she's not so glamorous. open. Like, yeah. like you know that like he's about to die. And she truly, genuinely is not just feeding him stuff that that one would want to hear before death. She still believes it. Like yeah, she, she does. loves him. It, it seems yeah. like maybe she's the only one who like believes him and like still has yeah. Yeah. love for him. And I love that that it's not a final kind of beatdown. Like how there's no why'd you lie to me? Why? 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 Yeah. It's just that she's giving him a great last gift, like yes. a great last moment of life. Her pain, her pain so evident. Yeah, and yeah. her love. Yeah, and her and love. his yeah. love for her. Right. It's so good. Oh, it is. So good. And then yeah, he's walking, walking to his walking to his fate, and we get the the dreaded title card, the end. 
So and Sloot. <laughs> are yeah, always going to do it. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> That's Swedish, Swedish for the end. But Swedish it's... for the end in, in English is S L U T, so it doesn't look very good. It doesn't look when you watch twenty Bergmans in a row, and they all end with Sloot. You go, it's weird. And like opposite first, like what? Yeah, yeah. No, this is different. Um, we've made our way through the movie, and we've obviously touched on all these people and a, a lot of the technical aspects of the film along the way. But with Montgomery Clift, you know. Dedicated listeners of this podcast know that he is my favorite actor of all time. This is right up there with just some, if not the single best acting performance I ever I have ever seen. Leading up to A Place in the Sun, just to put into context, he was in The Search, Red River, The Heiress, The Big Lift, and A Place in the Sun. He's like kind of new to the game, but not really. But one thing I want to point out about him and one thing that's so cool that everyone at this time, most every actor was a studio player and you were hired to work within that studio. And if you needed to get out of a contract, you had, deals had to be made. And he just came to town and he's like, I'm going to work with whoever I want, whenever I want, in any studio I want. So I'm not a player. So that's how he jumped around from role to role. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but Monty Clift as George Eastman is just uh, one of the best ever, one of the best performances of all time. Would you agree? <laughs> no disagreement here yeah, at all. Exactly. You know, and just Montgomery Clift, aside from this, you know, I, I don't know the, the term for it, but to me, he's like a full body actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When yeah. he's acting, it's everything from yeah. his voice to his demeanor to his hands to his feet. Absolutely. His face. Somewhere I read that James Dean considered Montgomery Clift. He was the idol of James Dean. Yes, he was. James, he was. you know, yeah. and I can see even clear through to like Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. You know, the same we talked demeanor. We talked about this. The yes. same demeanor, yeah. the yep. quiet demeanor, you know, and Montgomery Clift, since he is my favorite actor mm-hmm. of all time, you know, if you read about him, he, he, led a crazy troubled life Very. in so many ways and it almost seems like acting is when he was really true to himself it's when the he was most, good That's the most was, at yes. ease I think that yeah. was the yes. most normal part of his that was life. when he was at his best when he could control his stuff the best i don't know if his stuff his personal stuff was ever fully controlled but he could do it the best when he had a character to channel it into and you see that even when he wasn't in the best of movies he's still giving it like i mean he's just giving it his absolute all but yeah you feel that he committed himself so wholly to each performance to the point where i mean i think he was deeply insecure and even dropped out of a few really big movies because of that insecurity like sunset boulevard maybe right. most famously but when he showed up and when he was there Wow, was he there? And uh, yeah, a very troubled star who died entirely too young in 1966. Yeah, Yeah, born in 1920s. That's not, it was not a long life. And, you know, this is where he and Elizabeth Taylor met and they became fast friends for the rest of his life. And she regarded him so highly for the rest of hers. Yeah. Yeah, I know know she did. You know, and from that open, I think this is his best performance. I do too. Yes. Ever. Yes. You know, and I've seen most of his movies. Mm-hmm. Some of them are hard to Some of them are still hard see, to find. And we're going to get to the ranking. Yeah, later. we are. We are. <laughs> um, Monty Cliff, right? But you know, from the for that opening scene when he's hitchhiking, when he turns around yep. and the camera goes on him, you already know who George Eastman yep. is, and he hasn't said a word. You're just looking at him. And there's credits over his face. There's like credits. The time. Yeah. credits yeah, too. Exactly. With those, yeah, exactly. Those huge credits. Yeah. yeah. One thing that... It's so subtle uh-huh. in the beginning of this movie, and it's not been mentioned. 
It's just an instant. Angela Vickers drives by. In she, her does. Car. she does. She no. does. And he, and he gonna, notices yep, her. He does. And he smiles. Does. Yep. Yep. Very true. Very true. That she passes by wow. on the road in her f- cruising by in her truck. Yeah, and he he does. He She's in her, her convertible. You gotta you gotta watch. I don't know if you'll yeah. catch it. The oh, first it's real time, quick. Yeah, it's real yeah. quick. And yeah. he smiles. He Aww. notices her. Yep. Yep. Good catch. Good catch. Which I'm is why you know from that that this yeah. whole performance is just. Just watch his hands and feet if mm-hmm. you can watch this movie yeah, more than I, once. Yes. Just watch his hands and feet throughout the entire oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like and that. His facial gestures. That's not a fidgety actor. Like, no, because no. there's a difference between actors that don't know what to do with their hands mm-hmm. or their bodies, so they act awkward. This is not that. This is every, like what you were saying. Like, I can't even imagine programming every little movement that I make. Like I know as an actor, like I'll have ideas and I'll find my physicality, but I won't think that in this line, my finger's going to tilt up here or he had all of that mapped out for himself. I remember when I first saw it, I texted you Mm -hmm. because I I, I had not seen a Montgomery Cliff movie that I knew of that I didn't like, Oh, this is this, this Montgomery Cliff. Right. And as night, I looked at the, the date, 1951, I was like, he's doing Brando and Dean before Brando and Dean. Yep. And that's what I texted you. And you're like, hey, you kind of give me like the, huh, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it's sort of like, how come no one talks about this guy in the same way that they talk about them? Because I'm like, like when he turns around in that camera, not only is he filled with George Eastman, that, that character and all of that brought up, but that's also like a classic movie star, like, Turn to the Turn camera, the frame, yeah, and it works on both levels. Like I instantly know who this guy is, and I think I even said to you, like when we watched it, I go, "That's how you do it." Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. that's how that's how exactly. you do it right there, right, right into. Yes, he knew exactly how to lean into it and everything. Yep. Uh, and also in this performance, I believe watching this movie <laughs> more than once, he actually was falling in love with Alice uh-huh, uh-huh. because. Alice was there. He was there. He I got absolutely this believe factory she is. Yeah. job. But notice he never his acting, there's no chemistry between them. It's very true. It's yeah. very, he, between he, he and Shelley Winter's character. Yeah. There, it's just not there. To be playing a somewhat more dominant role with her. Like yes. yeah, right. I'm kind of right. your boss. Like I'll be there maybe and I'll show up when I want, maybe. Right. And I'm gonna kinda let you know when we're not. And then he's just so infatuated with Angela that he doesn't he's not behaving like that at all. But you're right. And that's that intentional that lack of chemistry is intentional between them because they're so good. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good point. That's a oh. yeah. It's a really good point. Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor, not Liz. <laughs> we meet. Yes. I mean, show respect. Show always. respect. Respect on that name. She's been, she was in movies leading up to this. Um, things like National Velvet, Courage of Lassie, Little Women, <laughs> Father of the Bride. She was a cute kid. And this was, by all regards, her first serious her role, first right? Adult, yes. her, first her first adult role. Her first adult role. And she, I mean, 17 years old when she started. And yeah, I, what, I made a note that the camera... I agree. I say this for Monty as well, but the camera for her, it was just like she was made to be standing in front of it, yes. especially at this age in those yep. lights. Her face was made for the scrutiny of those insanely harsh white lights. It just she, She's a natural. She's the most beautiful actress there ever was. Oh, God, Aww. she's great. The most uh. beautiful. And, you know, if you see color photos of her, her eyes, oh, yeah. her eye yeah. color was amazing. It really was. You know, as a young woman through 
everything yep. that she lived through in her personal life. She was beautiful. She really was. She was beautiful her whole life. And I think she was one of the greatest actresses mm-hmm. ever. She lived such a wild personal life with all the marriages and so forth that I often think her acting career was overlooked. I th- Well, this is kind of what I was telling yeah. you yesterday because Nick goes, what was like her thing, her deal? And I went, men, marriages, but uh, you know, maybe a little late sometimes on set, but she's still like, when you watch an Elizabeth Taylor performance, she brings it and it Everyone. is there. Yeah. It Everyone. Is, it's like, so whatever went off behind the scenes, but yeah, I think you're right. I think her personal life, it, overshadowed. It got, yes, it got made too much you know, of it. You're talking about National Velvet. That's a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Father of the Bride with Spencer Tracy. That's mm-hmm. hysterical. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you think of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, oh wow. And Butterfield yes. Eight. Yep. You know, yep. and it's this is the same woman. Yeah. Yeah. And it she looks, I mean, she is acting completely different, especially in Virginia Woolf. Like, oh my God. She could do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, you hear a lot of actresses as though they're the greatest of all time, but there, there's always been something special about Elizabeth Taylor. And that didn't, <laughs> as a young person, you know, when she was in the middle of going through whatever to say, oh, I think she's the greatest, that always didn't go over real well. Yeah, people yeah. would be. Yeah, I mean, like it seems with like she parents was kind of an and easy so you target. like Elizabeth Taylor, right? Right. But I mean, the, we always talk about this. The work, if the work is there, and it speaks the, for itself. The work and she, is there. I mean, two of my favorite performances of all time are, is her in this, and then you go to Virginia Woolf, and that's those. That's like fifteen years apart, and it's yeah. a completely different person. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I don't think I don't. I don't know if she's ever sweeter than she is as Angela. She still has fire. I love her, but I so believe everything that she's telling him. She never turns into nagging or anything like that. I really believe that she loves George Eastman. I mean, oh, I just so absolutely. do. I so do. And it's it's tricky to pull off the way she does in this because she she honestly doesn't have a lot to work with like Monty does. Like Yeah, that's true. Like the, that's true. the, the weight of everything through the story and the script is on him. Mm-hmm. She just has to come in and essentially do the actor's job, like, hey, make this work. Yeah. And she does, not only does she make it work, like, I mean, it helps that they have that chemistry, but I always kind of feel it's harder sometimes for an actor like that to kind of come into the scene and hit it out of the park just as much as the other person because they've got more to chew on. Oh, that's yeah. a real good point. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, yes. She, she really pops in. She she and, pops. Like when yep. she comes in, she is popping. Yeah. Yep. For me, she's so good in this role that I almost forget about Shelley Winters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In yeah. the, pe- in you the period. You understand how he would. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. forget yeah. about yeah. Shelley Winters like, because she's not in the movie in the middle. Right. A great deal. Right. Until the phone call. And you, for, I mean, you, I forgot about her. That's yep. what the phone call That's is what, so startling because yep. you're like, oh, yeah, she, oh, whoops, she's, she's there she's and still pregnant. here. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and yeah. that, I think a lot of that credit goes to Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. I 100% her agree. acting. Like, we understand his pull to go here. Because of money, because of looks, well, yes. because of uh, status. I don't think he cares about that. Well, it Maybe. Just, I, I think he's found something better just a little too late. And well, now yes. he's stuck. But, yeah, he's but stuck, yeah, yeah, I mean, if he, the pregnancy is what changes everything. Yeah. If he had right. gotten her pregnant, yeah. then it would have been a much easier split. change. But 
Dirty yeah. dog. Yeah, dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have two. to invite yourself in. It takes two that to tango. It takes two. Yes, it takes exactly. Two. Yes, yes, exactly. yes. Wrapping up on Elizabeth Taylor, they were they became fast friends on this, her and Monty. They were in two other movies together, Rain Tree County, which is the movie that they were making when he got into his accident, his debilitating car accident that kind of ruined the rest of his life. He, in fact, left a party at her house. And I've read a lot about that accident. It, by all reports, he was tired. He was not loaded or drunk. And it was just... He is lucky to be. I mean, she saved his life. She saved I, I'm, his I'm, life. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm burying the lead. She literally like found him, discovered him, and was pulling teeth out of the back of his throat so that he could he was breathe. Choking yeah. on. And then press showed up, and she what she say to them something like, "If you take a picture of this, I'll never." J- just gave them the harshest threats imaginable. Well, and uh, Richard Burton, yeah, yeah. and um, I think it was Rock Hudson, and that is it, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I think it was Kevin McCarthy. They guarded yeah. the car yeah. so the press couldn't get films and she threatened yeah. if you take a picture of him you'll never work. Right. In, uh, and she could again. carry back I mean she could yeah, have she that could power. Do it. She could yeah. have had that power. She did. She had that power. Got that car. Have you ever seen a picture of that car? No. It is it it doesn't it look a like an automobile. Pole. Yeah, oh. like full speed and his friend was following him. No, his friend I think was in front of him and then the, he yeah, didn't Kevin see his McCarthy. lights. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's just terrible. It's terrible. But Elizabeth Taylor stuck by him yep. through everything. Yep. Through, uh, first whole Richard life. Burton made a statement similar to she loved Montgomery Clift. Yeah, she was something in love like she with was Montgomery. my she was my wife, but, but she was she, in love with Mont- yeah. Montgomery Clift. Yeah, and I think just a platonic relationship, yeah. whatever it was. But yeah, she really. She loved him and and went to bat with and him. And he even, loved her? Yes, absolutely. Even she put up the insurance money for, I don't know, for Rain Tree County, but definitely for their final movie together suddenly last summer when he was uninsurable. Yeah, They, be, they were the best of friends yeah. and they respected one another. And you told me that story. You saw an interview with her because she became very into AIDS activism mm-hmm. later in her life. Mm-hmm. And she, she admitted that my Monty would have gotten this disease. Yeah, she, so I'm she doing said this for everything her. she did yeah. for AIDS was in honor of Montgomery Cliff. Oh, this is so great. God, I love That's her. It's like so sad, but so sweet. Yeah, because we're talking decades after yeah. he's passed. Because she was doing this 80s, 90s, all this stuff. Oh, she passed uh, away in 2011. Do you know that? We thought, we didn't yeah, realize we didn't it know. was so kind recent. Of recent. I was like, whoa, yeah. wow. And she God. was, what, 79? Yeah, I think so. So you don't realize how much younger she was. She was born yeah. in 1932. Right, and he was Montgomery born in 20. Montgomery Cliff yeah. You know, yeah. and she often starred with people much older than right, her. Right. You know, look at her in the, at seventeen. She, you know, she 17 looked all. She, yeah. She looked. It presents herself like a real woman. Yeah. It's right. like it's the the elegance she carries, just the way that the walk, like bouncing in, uh, just bouncing into frame. Good level of like street smarts and elegance to her that right. I always Absolutely. see in her work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had a memory of 2011. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working at the hotel doing room service and I went into a room and there was an old lady and she was the woman I was serving. She was crying and I was like, oh my goodness, like what's wrong? And she just goes, Liz is dead. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what she oh, was wow. talking about. Right. And I was like, Liz who? And she goes, Elizabeth Taylor. And, and, I didn't have the emotional connection to it right, right then and there. I was I it, I was naively just being like, oh no, another one, by right. another famous right. person. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now that we're all talking about it, and I asked that question, I just remembered the level of emotion of that woman, yeah. and thinking about what that really means. Yeah, what that would have mm-hmm. meant, and, and what it did mean to so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, wow. Shelley Winters, we can't 
not have a place oh, in the no. sun oh, no. without talking about her because... You wish I was dead, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know this going into... I learned this in this specific research. She was kind of considered a blonde bombshell, like a pinup girl, and that's what she was known that's, for. And that's she, how she got her star? Yeah, and she... This Alice Tripp was not... And no one was looking at her for this, and she dyed her hair, became this kind of meek presence and in her meeting with george stevens kind of like sat in the back of the restaurant and wanted him to notice her because she looked different and he's like all right you can test for it and i mean thank god she went through all those lengths and i love her going after it and being like what you all think i am i have a lot more to give and i think i mean her career just completely changes direction after this and she becomes one of the best really just one of the solid go-to performers of this time period i i, mm-hmm. I love her god yeah. i mean yeah, she won for the Diary of Anne Frank and for a patch, patch of, blue. of blue. Yeah, Diary of Anne Frank directed by George, George Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, George Stevens. And then, yeah, Patch of Blue, which she's great in. But yeah, Shelley Winters' thoughts? What do you think of her? You've always talked highly of her to me I, as well. I think Shelley Winters is great. Mm-hmm. I always view Shelley Winters as a supporting actress, mm-hmm. not ah. a character actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. character actor. But she supports any movie she's in. Yeah. She is, that's just my view of her. Yeah, in any yeah. movie she's in, she is supporting the whole movie. The story. She's the pr- story. supporting the story. She's yeah. not just looking out for herself. And yeah. I, yes. you know, yeah. Patch of Blue, I th- oh. she's great in there. She's great. I you know, that. you talk about rough. Yeah. <laughs> that really surprised me how intense that movie was. I'm watching uh, and, my and her range. character. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and then one of my favorite performances of hers is the original Poseidon adventure. Oh, yeah. She's that's right. great. That's right. She, she steals the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, that's right. She's a former swimmer. Right. She steals that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Poseidon yeah. adventure. I love her. I in love that those. Movie. I, I'm probably, I might make you watch that later. <laughs> or like her scenes. It was, at least. Her so scenes good. are great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She was so good. She's always been a supporting actress yeah, yeah. to me. She always uh, she does support the material so well. Her I think it was her last performance was the Jane Campion film Portrait of a Lady with Nicole Kidman, which I still haven't seen. It really made me want to go watch that, but god, I just love her and she always had that good just that wit and attitude about mm-hmm. her where she wasn't really going to put up with anything, you know? Is that what you're going to say? No, I was going <laughs> to I was going to mention another movie with her that I loved and I wanted to make sure it was her. What? Lolita. Oh yeah, oh, oh, you're talking right. about like of course, right. of course. A, a yeah, prime example of supporting yes, the movie. Yes, that, yes. Oh, I loved her in that. That movie, movie changes a lot too once she leaves it. Like it becomes very different. Yeah, she's great, yeah. Lolita. Of course, of course. Yes, yes. Good call. Good call. You know, and Shelley that Winters. even in a place in the sun, that as an actress, she's willing to be Alice Tripp. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking, kind of forgotten for a good part of the movie. Right. Right. You know, but she's willing to support the movie. Yeah, to support the in story. such a way. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, it's I admire a, that in her. I do too. It's not a showy performance at all, and like it's a glam down one on yeah. purpose. You know, she's not yeah. the blonde bombshell anymore. She's oh so good. George Stevens. This comes. I mean, he makes he made a ton of movies, some silent films, going all the way back. I have a lot of his that I like. The More the Merrier is like a great farce from 1943. I Remember Mama, which I watched just a few Aww. years ago. Of course, Shane, one of the great Westerns ever made. Giant, which we saw on the big screen right. very recently. The, Diary, the Diary of Anne Frank. Just one of the all-time great directors. There's really not much more you can say about him other than 
to capture one of the best Hollywood romances of all time, A Place in the Sun, match that with two years later, he's doing one of the best Westerns ever, Shane. And then this massive thing, Giant in 56. I just loved his career. One was nominated for and won a bunch of Oscars, rightly so. Did you ever see, it might have been around his first movie, Annie Oakley with Barbara Stanwyck? No. Oh, you've got to watch I that. I know who Annie it, Oakley is. I've heard oh, that character. Barbara Stanwyck. Yes, okay, he directed Barbara Stanwyck in that. It is great, and you will learn a lot okay. about Annie Oakley. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's that. wonderful. See? See? And he also did The Greatest Story Ever Told, which was yeah. a big undertaking. That was like, it's like four and a half hours, right? But it's, but it's so well done. That's, one, that's another one I don't know if I've, I didn't, I haven't done that full one yet. I did like the Ten Commandments, Cleopatra. I've been making my way through some epics. They've gone with the wind again recently. Okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to talk about the Oscars now? You want to get to these? This is a disappointing time. Is that <laughs> very dis- Yeah. This is a disappointing time. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be, it's not, it's not the most fun. Oh, okay, but here's how we'll start. 1951 Academy Awards. That's how we refer to them on this podcast. I know they were physically handed out in 1952. Oh, God, here we go. Don't get me started. <laughs> movies in 1951. Yes, the movies of 1951. Okay, here's, it was nominated for nine at one six. Here's what it won. Let's go through those. Best Director, George Stevens. I think that's a good one. Okay, Best Screenplay. It wins, which is great. Best Cinematography. They did Oscars a little different back then, so it's Best Cinematography, black and white. But there's so many shadows. Like, I, you really cannot overlook that. This movie would not have been as good in color. No, and, and he said that. He, he, I read interviews. Sorry he goes, interrupt. no, please, please. He said, like, Technicolor is meant to bring out the vividness of life and show all this emotion. Like, this is not a Technicolor movie. We needed to keep it in black and white, and I'm so glad it is. It makes it so much better. Best costume design, which is really important because that I get, that dress she wore was apparently super, super popular after prom dresses and everything, that white dress. Love that. The costume designer is Edith Head. Of course. Yeah, no, we were talking about that yesterday, who is just one of the all-time greatest ones. Here's another huge award, which is film editing, because costume design, cinematography, even score, they were split by different categories. Best film editing, that was that everyone was competing for that and it beat an American in Paris. And I think that's I think that's a just a really big sign that that won best editing and it is very well assembled. Franz Waxman won best score for a dramatic or comedy picture. Here's what it lost. Are we ready? We'll go in descending order here. <laughs> Best actress. This one is kind of the easiest to forgive. What? This is crazy, though. I know. Well, like this year. Well, no, because why is Shelley Winters nominated for best actress? Well, okay, let's talk yeah, about it. Let's exactly. talk about it. Exactly. She. Yeah, we have to Kath- talk about supporting. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> we have Catherine Hepper nominated for the African Queen, Eleanor Parker for the Detective Story, Shelley Winters, A Place in the Sun, Jane Wyman, one of my favorites, for the Blue Veil, Vivian Lee wins for playing Blanche Dubois in A Streetcar Named Desire, which is fair. Yeah, but mm. should we? Oh. Should, oh. we, should we talk about this? Should Shelley Winters be in supporting? Abs- I, I believe supporting. I do yes. too. And I think today, if this movie were done mo- around today, uh-huh. Elizabeth Taylor would have been nominated for actress. I think she should have. I, I think so too. It's kind of, I guess the only reason that didn't happen is because she was so young, you think? or Because she... Elizabeth Taylor, like she took a while to win that first Oscar. She gets nominated like a bunch in a row, a bunch of years. It wasn't until Butterfield Eight, exactly, which she never even considered her best performance, and that's what finally breaks through. But there is as loving as they were to a place in the sun. It is strange that 
that shift like because no no supporting nominations but i definitely would have gone shelly winters supporting elizabeth taylor lead and do you think kind of like what we were talking about earlier today about the oscars is that the reason as to why you would think that elizabeth taylor would be nominated today even at a young age Mm -hmm. for that role yeah we're saying when the oscars just kind of like when you started to build an actor Mm -hmm. like uh if you give a younger actor an oscar Mm -hmm. the idea behind it is like okay well now we can use their name as an academy award winner yeah even though that doesn't necessarily mean anything now right like it doesn't do that that what you want it to do best actress routinely though has been a little better of awarding the younger talent i would say more than best actor like jennifer lawrence i mean that's not true anymore because you got rami malik austin butler i think they're all gonna Probably win this year, but you know, he hasn't won yet. Well, I'm saying, I said probably. Come on, now. Probably. Who do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you even pulling for at this point, though? Best actor this year. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pulling for That's what I'm saying. I'm pulling for Brendan (laughs) Fraser because I love the man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay. Best actor. Elizabeth Taylor, I think, was too beautiful. Sure, mm. sure. So would you have... The Paul Newman curse. Ah, uh, the yeah, Paul, Newman Paul Newman curse. Paul Newman, he yep. kept getting nominated. Could, he didn't win till 86, 85. Yeah. Oh, they gave him the honorary the in honorary. 85, then he won in 86 for Color of Money. <laughs> uh, okay, but of this Best Actress, would you have voted for Shelley Winters over Vivian Lee? No, because okay. I think it was a supporting role. Yeah, fair, fair, very fair. Um, all right, I'll do best actor now. This is like this is probably the single Oscar I talk about the most on the podcast. This is crazy. Nineteen fifty-one. Okay, here are your nominees: Marlon Brando for Streetcar Named Desire, Montgomery Clift, A Place in the Sun, Arthur Kennedy, Bright Victory, Frederick March, Death of a Salesman, Humphrey Bogart beats them all for the African Queen. When I look at this in context, it's like that. It just seems like a gift to me. Like they oh. were giving it to him as a gift and. I don't know. I, I guess that's all I can say. It's just it. Uh, H- had he won before for anything? No, no, no. That's oh, what that's I mean. his it's only Oscar. Oscar. It's okay. his only Oscar ever. Okay, and, and he got nominated again. He got another nomination. I don't know if people thought that was going to happen, but he did. But I think they were like, this could this, this could be the only chance, right? Oh, yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. And on that, it's a good performance. It's not his best. It's not his best, and it's definitely not better than Brando or Cliff or Clift, no, yeah, no. Um, would you so would you vote for Clift for oh, that one? The, I would have voted twice. Yeah, there you go, there you <laughs> I would have cheated. It would have been a bad election. Right in, right? Yeah, bad election. And then best picture is Decision <laughs> Before Dawn is not is nominated. A Place in the Sun, Kio Vitas, A Streetcar Named Desire, and An American in Paris beats them all. Not honestly. I remember when I was younger, I'm like, this is crazy. This is stupid. But they, it's a common thing. They still do this now. The more the showier movie can often win picture and the less kind of more artsy, dramatic movie can win director. We still see this all the time. Green Book versus Alfonso Cuaron, Roma. And also, if you look at the Oscars from this year, the Academy Awards, Gene Kelly was given some special Oscar that's only been given like two or three times oh. for his contributions to art and da 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 da. But his biggest American- movie is the next Singing in the Rain. It's yeah, the next Gene year. Kelly. Gene, yeah. Okay, so Gene Kelly's in that. Oh, okay. So I you're thought saying he, was he the director? No, Vincent no, he starred. Oh, that's right. Vincent that's Minnelli. right. Yeah, yeah, he starred. But okay, yeah. So it kind of all makes sense. 
Oh, there so, was a wave toward an American in Paris. Yep, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I the think. Wave. Oh, this, this, wave, is, this is a place in the sun, hands down. Yeah, hands down. It's a better. It's just such a much better. It's better movie, than a streetcar named Desire. I, I actually didn't used to when I first became a film fan. I saw Streetcar first, and I'm like, wow, that like changed everything. Brando's so good, and all of that is true. Vivian Lee is really good. Carl Malden's really good. Everyone's good in it. But yeah, I will prefer A Place in the Sun always. I'll always I prefer think A Place it. in the Sun changed cinema. Yeah. Just the close-ups. Yeah. And, you know, how those were used. That oh. became a, a way of making movies. It did. It became the new cinematic language of, like, look how close we can get to these people and for really long scenes and, like, tell a whole story. Oh, so good. Well, yeah, those are the Oscars. I actually didn't... The Shelley Winters Best Actress thing, I was like, wow, yeah, that did happen. That's strange. I like it, but... Really thought she would have snuck in there for supporting, but you know, it, it is very cool that it took best screenplay. That is cool because, it's very cool. because it, really is. It, it, I mean, it did beat, I mean, essentially, I mean, Tennessee Williams at that time was like the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. If, and if you were to say under any other circumstance that a streetcar named Desire did not win best screenplay for that year. That's true. Like, that's a pretty bold oh, like yeah. claim to make. I mean, look at that. Like, it even beats the African Queen yeah. there, which it lost yeah. another f- a few other things, too. So, yes, it's very it's very telling. I it, it is ultimately a good Oscar year. I just wish it could have won a few more. But I can't be mad at six. And those are, like, six big ones. It won mm-hmm. six really ones that we still talk about. Great score. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the score. Okay, one thing before we get to, before we wrap up here. You and I, I teased it on the podcast, but you and I got to see this movie in the theater, and the screening was hosted by George Stevens Jr. We got to see him, meet him before. He has a memoir that just came out called My Place in the Sun. He was selling them. The son of the director. Yeah, the son of George Stevens. And, you know, we just got to talk to him for a little bit, and that was great. I really complimented him. He does the director's commentary for A Place in the Sun, and I complimented him on that and how much I liked that. And it was. It was just really cool to shake the hand of someone who worked with Monty Clift because he was on set every day of a place in the sun. And I was like, man, this is it's just and that's just one person he's met. Yeah. I mean, this guy's hung out with all of them. He, he founded so cool. AFI. He found he? that's exactly he founded oh. AFI, like the whole damn thing. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, like it was so much fun. It really was. And it, it seems like he's a guy who's been working a lot behind the scenes, and he's like 91, doing a lot to maintain the preservation of film and these great film stories and even starting AFI is like, I just didn't realize the cultural impact he had on at, on Hollywood, not necessarily as a creative person, but just as a good storyteller. And know? he's this very modest, very, man, very just willing to converse. Yeah. He was really, he seemed like he would have, he would have been willing to talk with me for like 20, 30 more minutes. Had there been no one else there, like we were uh, in the like middle of a good conversation. It was good. But one of the really fun things, George Stevens Jr. gave yeah. a little talk, and he told a great story about Elizabeth Taylor. He said he was on set every day, and yeah. one day Elizabeth Taylor said to him, would you like to have lunch? And they were exactly the same age. Yep. He was a freshman in college. So he said, you know, they went to have lunch. He thought they'd go to some elegant restaurant. They went to the commissary. Yeah. You know, he said, we had hamburgers. And he said, you know, we had a delightful lunch. That was it. But he said he couldn't wait to get back to his fraternity house to tell all his friends I had lunch with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, that's so cool. Can you imagine? You're just like a freshman in college having lunch with Elizabeth Taylor. That's wild. And he also told the story of... In 1952, when you went to the Academy Awards, it was his dad, mother, and his grandmother, his 
paternal grandmother, and he said, you drove yourself. George so Stevens just drove. He said, we drove to the Academy Awards. He said, that's, that's what you did. You parked the car, and he said, we're leaving, and we're driving home, and he said, I was in the front seat with my dad, and my dad's driving home, and there's the Oscar laying between us, <laughs> Best and he said, Oscar. my dad just looked at me and said, this is what you get if you work real hard, son. There oh, you go. wow. Uh, yeah, and wow. and he also said, "I think we're gonna we're, we'll have a better idea of how good this movie is twenty five years from now." Yeah, right. and that would have been nineteen seventy six, and it's it's that good, buddy. You did yep. it. You did it. It still t- yep. stands the test of time. It absolutely does. Ah, uh, there's something funny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there watching this movie, it's like this great classic from nineteen fifty one in a beautiful, beautiful the AFI theater, theater, AFI theater in Silver Spring, Maryland. And a few times throughout the movie, I, I got to introduce two couples here, older. And one of them is blonde, and she has like a bigger, uh, bald mm. husband. And then they're sitting two rows ahead of us. And then there's the, the blonde was talking a lot, like a lot to where even I could kind of hear it. So then the couple in front of us kept shushing. And the shushes went from shh to like aggressive. Shh, like that, like <laughs> oh. going for it. So they start to get into it, and like the movie's going, and what what we gather is that the blonde woman is um, hard of hearing, and she is now furious for being shushed, shushed, because she's like, why would you ever shush a hard of hearing person? To which the shusher is like, how am I supposed to know you're hard of hearing? Just because you're hard of hearing does not mean you're allowed to talk to your husband throughout the entire movie. So it's going on, it's going on. Fair the, point. Yeah, the blonde <laughs> couple, the, the hard of hearing couple, they leave. And by this point, there's like half hour left. So dad and I kind of look at each other and we're like, all right, that's all resolved. They, co- <laughs> they come back. No. There's like oh, 10 yeah. minutes left in the movie. That's it. And they're each holding two beers. I, I went... Oh boy, and we are not sitting on the aisle. We are sitting like in the middle. They have to crawl over people to get back to their seats. And they get back and now they're having fun like taking their time to sit down to uh, block the older couple, doing all this stuff. So I'm thinking, I'm like, there's I know there's 10 minutes left in the in this movie. I'm watching them with these beers. Goom, goom. I mean, they're just downing them. And I'm going, what's the end game to this? Uh, like, yeah. what what do they want here? So movie stops, the house lights go up, the blonde just whips around. She's got the camera out flashlight on the, the house lights are still off i'm sorry the credits are still going she is in this woman's face she's like how dare you shush me i'm hard of hearing this and that and they're like getting into it <laughs> and they're looking at each other like oh my god this is crazy and people are kind of like uh you know just just separate like kind of go the husbands aren't really they're not doing the heavy lifting here it's, uh, it's the woman the one woman grabbed the other phone and the other's phone and she's like trying to she's like don't point your phone at me <laughs> Everyone calms down, packs up, and leaves. We're dad and I are sitting there enjoying the rest of the credits, kind of talking like, "Wow, that was crazy. That was weird." Telling the story, so we go out in the lobby, and the couple that was right in front of us, the Shushers, the husband is standing near the bathroom, and the husband of the blonde is standing right next to him and staring at him like it's on. Wait till we walk out. Of the- These people are like 65, 70 years old. Wait till we leave this theater. Like he's just staring at him. The, sh- the husband of the shusher was kind of a little v- bit of a meek guy and he like kind of didn't know what to do. So then <laughs> the shusher exits the bathroom and then the the blonde, the hard of hearing lady and her husband, they just like go up to him. And I think it's about to be a physical confrontation. She puts her phone out and the shusher grabs the phone, launches it, just like toss it, <laughs> get it out of my face. And now people have to come and like split them up. And 
that was about as far as it went, but it, it got it got like close to two women, it, grown adult women oh, almost it sure fighting. Did. But as you pointed out very astutely, when we were looking at the blonde, the hard of hearing woman, my dad's like, she's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was yeah. like she There was, was more than Yeah, there was more there than just alcohol. Like more. she was out, but that was my first ever like Karen in the wild experience at a place in the sun. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? But it was a really fun time. Oh, it, <laughs> it was. was very memorable. It That's was amazing. That's such a funny story. That was a lot of fun about just core place in the sun text. Now we're going to have something very fun and do our top five Monty. Top five Monty Cliff performances. It sounds like number one's been spoiled. You said you might sit this one out. <laughs> I think I'm going to sit this one out oh, just because I have just not enjoy. seen enough, but I am going to be very interested because we have talked about doing a Monty Clift yeah. episode like this. So I will see all of them, but I am very curious to see what you both think and which ones basically will like lead me to start with. Yeah, because I will say I've I've seen them all and I have not seen a bad performance from him. I've seen some of the movies where I'm like, I don't know if I, I I probably wouldn't see that movie again unless he was in it. That's okay. That's literally like two of them. Uh, the, these five I'm going to mention are all great movies and great performances. So we'll do five, four, three, two, one. Would you like to start at five? I always make him go sure. First. I think okay. my five. I think you'll be surprised. I know you told me. I'm really excited. <laughs> at my five. Okay, I'm looking at mine. So you, you start with number five. My number five is Rain Tree County. Wow, that's not on mine. That is a surprise. You really like that one. I love I that. I love that movie. Yeah. You know, of course, the backstory of it mm-hmm. happened during his accident. But it's he and Elizabeth Taylor again. Yep. And he plays such a diverse character. He does. He does. You know, from the beginning with Eva Marie Saint mm-hmm. to when... it it It's very similar. He finds this... Southern Belle that yep. sweeps him off his feet, follows her. You know, I don't want to give the movie away, sure. but we know what happens with, you know, yeah, in yeah. their marriage and so forth. And there's deception in there, but he plays so such a multifaceted character throughout that. I think he's great. It's a long movie. Yeah. I love the entire movie. Not enough people. You just watched that like re- in the past few years yeah. for the first time. I think we both watched it for the, for the first time in COVID. If you go look up reviews of Rain Tree County, if you go look, re- yeah. if you go look up reviews of Rain Tree County, you're going to see uh, the biggest thing I saw was this is a Gone with the Wind ripoff. And that's just not doing its, it's service. Not, it's no, way not more at all. than that. I oh, it's really, much really different. Enjoyed, yeah, it's a long one. I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, that that is the movie got into his accident on. So it was it was a tough movie to make for a number of reasons. Oh, good. Good. Number five. My number five, The Search, directed by Fred Zinneman. I love that movie. That is his first movie, 1948. Not the easiest movie to find, like we were talking about, but rent it, find it however you can. I love it. I love The Search. Number five. Number four from you. Number four for me is The Search. Yes. Oh. yes. That's his first movie, yeah. and it's so, it's not as melodramatic. Not at all. Not at all. You know, all. he's actually kind of funny. He, that's the in thing. Many, it's like in, light. Yeah, a little in light. In the whole movie, he's chewing gum. Yeah. The, oh it's my, hysterical. Ooh, the whole entire movie. I wrote this into my first ever review of it. I said, the first time we meet him, he's doing something like he's chewing gum and then he spits it out and he has to lick a letter and he does it. And when he licks it, he makes this grimace, this funny, goofy grimace. And he goes like, like that. <laughs> and like people just didn't do that in 1948. Yeah. And a lot of his scenes are like with a kid and he's so gentle with the kid. It does not feel like his first performance at all. No. At and when it, you know, the opening scene, 
he's in that Jeep when he yeah. notices Carol. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's so handsome. Oh, God. And so compassionate. He's not saying a word. Right. It's written all over him like it is through every performance. And this was his first. Yeah. and His they, very first time. They he, shot this in post-World War II Europe in 1948. And we're talking post-post-war. Like oh, they used the actual... The actual bombed out buildings. And buildings. Stuff like wow. That. Yeah. It's, it, it's right there. You're right in it. It's a really good movie. One that very few people talk about. Real yeah, bummer. It really is quite good. Okay, so that was your... Okay, so my number four is The Young Lions. That's his movie with Brando. They don't have... They're not in it, like, together, but what... It's really three separate stories, and what he does with his story is he's just, like, a man losing his mind, and you can tell this is a post-accident movie, and I I think it's what he achieves in it. It's probably my favorite post-accident performance of his that is uh, the longest because he has some smaller post-accident performances which i'm going to get to but uh yeah i love that one leon lines go check it out people number three from you number three for me is the heiress oh nice nice i just got this for you for christmas love it <laughs> oh, i had seen it before i know i know <laughs> but um one thing that I really like about The Heiress, it was 1949. Yep. And something we haven't mentioned about Montgomery Cliff that he's famous for. He was one of the first actors to have such a defined part in, like his, in his hair. hair? Oh. And it's it's defined it everywhere. It really is in a place in the sun, I except remember. Except yeah. the end of a place in the sun when his hair when is oh, shaved, shaved. Yeah. for the electric chair. And he looks so crazy. Like It, it looks but so different. Every, yeah. every photo you see of him, he was famous for the defined part huh. in a very handsome yeah. man. Yeah, he brought that. But the heiress, you know, with um, Olivia de Havilland. Yep, he's great in that. It's like almost a prelude to a place it in is. the sun. It is. He's a because, sneaky. and he's so good in it because you don't know: does he love her? Mm-hmm. Does he want her money? Yep. You believe both, and you know that he wants both. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and then yeah, you go yeah. through the movie again. He disappears for a while. He does. He does. Yeah. You know, he comes back. It's just his his role is so good. But I think one reason it's so good is Olivia de Havilland. Who won the Oscar, Oscar. for this. She's she so is, good in it. She is, oh, she's remarkable. What I appreciate so much is the final scene. That's what sells it. That, that, when like, he's at that, tell, oh my God. When he's at that door, door, yep. I have never or rarely seen such desperation yep. in a face. And oh. at, and an acting role, the desperation, and yeah. it's then that you realize what he's about. Exactly, exactly. You That's know, when it all I, I, in. I was hopeful during the whole movie and the final scenes and that sweating, that profuse yep. sweating that begins, and you realize, oh, it all. I don't really, want to tell you the. No, of course, oh, of course, this but it is all comes all down. About. I mean, it's directed by William Wyler. Like he knows what he's doing. It all comes down to that final scene. It's like. DiCaprio losing his mind in basketball diaries. It's something uh-huh. like that, like where you, you need to get in and just communicate, but uh, it, it ain't happening, buddy. So yeah, that's a, another good one that needs to be looked. Criterion did well by that movie. They released it on Criterion, so it's out there. Go go check it out. My number three, From Here to Eternity. Oh, God. Watched it so many times, and we were all just talking about this. Like, if you haven't seen it, it did win Best Picture. I promise this is not just... Lancaster and Deborah Kerr rolling around in the sand with waves crashing. This movie has a lot of heart. It's actually really scary at certain times. Sinatra really deserved his Oscar. Um, I really wish that 
Clift would have won because he was nominated as well, but William Holden for Stalag, 17. Not even... Whatever. No. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. How many Monty Clift Oscars are there? None. None. Uh, yes. All right. Number two from you. Number two, I think, was the biggest mistake in Oscar history. Whoa. Judgment at Nuremberg. Yep. It's yep. 12 Ooh. minutes of the finest acting you will ever see. Yep. And not only him, but Judy Garland. Oh, yeah. She's They're incredible. Bo- they were both nominated for supporting mm-hmm. roles. And I think it's the biggest mistake in Oscar history. But do you know who won? Because you like who won. Rita Moreno. Yeah. And oh, George Shakaris. Yeah. Yeah. Very good in West Side yeah. Story. I think they won because of what West Side Story I agree. was. I totally this, agree. This, to me... His 12 minutes was the greatest portrayal ever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's just, a, it's always on it? the screen. No, oh, oh, it's no. always God. on the it's screen. It. 12 it's minutes. It. It's just, a three-hour movie. And it's one consecutive scene of just him uh, on the sand. On and the court and stand. you want to see what I call the whole body actor? Watch this 12 oh, minutes. It's his shaking. Oh my God! His, the pain. You know, the camera, oh, this just, it gets me every Mm -hmm. time. The camera moves from the right side of his face, which is the part that was not damaged in the accident, Mm -hmm. around the back of his head to the left side of his face. And you just see the pain in this character and the pain in this man. You really do? I mean, it's him. It's his life. And this was, you know, this was his his downward spiral 62, in his yeah. life. Oh. It was yeah. been said that, you know, after that accident, what, 57, 57, that it was the longest suicide. Yeah. It was like a 10, it, a lot of people said like a nine year long suicide, suicide but, and, and, and pills, booze. Yeah, yeah. And the character he portrays and the pain in his own life and face as you walk, oh, just yeah, it's worth it's worth just going on YouTube. It is, it absolutely to is. look for this twelve minute Be- performance. Yeah, because they talk about the character a little, but it's not like they're talking about him the whole time. But he comes in, and you find out like the baggage that that the character has is immense. I mean, these are the Nuremberg trials. Like he didn't have a good time, and it, it's very very intense. And then knowing what Montgomery Cliff, the actor, the hell he's gone through in his personal life, and bringing that in, it's just all there. It's I mean, like the, you, the nervous were, yeah. smiles, oh, the handshakes, and then it's hard to judge his performance in that and not watch about the same amount of screen time with Judy Judy Garland, Garland who just does it. She should have won too. Oh, I mean, I think it's the I. I think those two not winning is the biggest mistake in Oscar history. I didn't even know you felt that way about that movie necessarily because he won lead actor, uh, Maximilian Schell, which yeah. which is good. I mean, it's good. It, it wasn't ignored Oscar wise, but you would like that movie. It's it's really good. It's My just, uncle likes that movie a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's kind of if you've ever studied those, uh, you know, those trials. It's the like war crimes. Kind of got to slap he, on the he, wrist. That, yeah, that's my number two. Yeah. Oh, I love that. God, I'm glad we got to talk about it because that that was the only one. I'm like, you didn't put this on your list. I can't believe you didn't do it. And I I knew I needed. To, I was really hoping it got discussed. So my you number didn't. Two, no, I didn't. <laughs> What's on your list? And you put. <laughs> You claim to be my son. Yes. Well, that's because, well, then, okay, argue with me about my two and one. Number two for me is The Misfits, which I have two posters in the room that we're recording this podcast on. It is The Place in the Sun is poster one. Poster two is John Houston's The Misfits. But but that was was mine. I can't believe it's not on my list. Sure, yeah. And it's the same. I think they're the same year. Yeah, they're like, they're really close and they're... I mean, in the Misfits, hit that conversation, his first conversation he has in that telephone booth with the mother character, and you don't even hear the other mother talking. You're really, 
It's like you're listening to this actor like talk, wishing he was actually talking to his mom, talking about, I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Like, you know, it's, yeah. And gonna be it's okay, ma. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> gonna be okay, ma. It's all this like tension uh, within him. And then his great, he has this great scene with Marilyn Monroe when he's endured this pretty bad head injury because he's a rodeo cowboy and he just lays with his head in her lap. And it's a really, really long scene and they hold it for long takes and, she said, I don't want to be too grandiose. She definitely said that was one of her favorite scenes she ever shot. But then most famously, this quote I've said over and over is that she said, Montgomery Clift is the only person I've ever met who is worse off than I am. Oh, but she no, loved him. They got on that. really, really well. And Misery they, loves company. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. And it just seems like people got along when they were making that movie. And I I, I don't know. There's something about that. I, I just love that movie. Mm -hmm. I love it. Probably might be my favorite John Houston, too. Drum roll number one. Surprise, yeah, that, surprise. George yeah, Eastman, A Place in the Sun. Yes, exactly. That's kind of why we did it. But, oh, God. Well, this is a lot of fun. That kind of wraps was. up. I really went through the whole movie and talked a lot about it and gave a lot of credit to all these beautiful, wonderful folks. I had so much fun talking about it. But we're going to move on to What Are You Watching? Doesn't have to be do with A Place in the Sun. I said it was a wild card. You could pick anything you want. Anything you want. Anything. Should we let the guest go first? No, the guest has to go last. The as guest goes last? Yes, okay. as it should be the main event. So you go first then. Wow, of course <laughs> I'm going first. We're only allowed to pick one. You can talk about yeah, whatever you, you want. I also yeah, want to yeah. say, actually, I also want to say that I have like a few notes, really bullet points that I've been looking at on my computer. Nick has uh, nothing, which is okay. That's just Nick Dios Dostal. I'm not kidding. You've you're done a great job. You've done a great job. Oh, thank you. My dad rolled in with like this stack <laughs> of notes and like this vanilla envelope. And I'm looking at this and you've just been, you've done very well, but you didn't even reference them that much, which is great because it's all just in here. But I'm saying I wasn't knocking you. I'm saying you're doing good without having to have many notes. Unbelievable. It's all from, no, Unbelievable. What are you I watching? agree, Nick. <laughs> It is unbelievable. All right, let's see what he's going to cook up here. <laughs> W-A-Y-W. <laughs> Who knows? Shut up. I, I am picking a movie the uh, because we gave so much love to Montgomery Clift. I wanted to give love to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, very nice. And pick uh, we if all? one of if your favorite actor is Montgomery Clift. Uh, he's not my number one, but he is in my top three, and that's Paul Newman. Yes. And I'm going with Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Ooh, oh, great pick. if we've got Tennessee Williams, you know, you've got Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman, this movie, you just cannot go wrong. Yeah, it is yeah. just a wonderful piece of business from start to finish. A, another really dangerous movie, like subject material-wise, oh, yeah. and that's 56, right? So mm -hmm. she's, in, in those five years, Only five she years. has come a long way from yep. the energy she's bringing to a place in the sun. Good one, good one. I like Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> you don't have to go so aggressive. I'm actually, I have, oh man, I had a few. Which one do I want to do? All right, mine Mine has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't have anything to do with Place in the Sun, Elizabeth Taylor, Montgomery Cliff, but I just watched this for like no reason the other day, and I think you maybe you'll get en some enjoyment out of it. And one of my favorite mem memorable movie-going experiences ever is when you took me to see The Thin Red Line, 1998. Mm, okay. We saw that. I had never jumped back and watched the original. There's an original movie from 1964 oh, called I... The Thin Red Line. Yeah, with mm. an directed by Andrew Martin. So get this. Keir DeLua, the guy from <gasps> 2001. 2001. Yeah, he plays like the Ben Chaplin role in The Thin Red Line. That's the guy who gets the Dear John letter. So there's a lot of like the same similarities. John Deere. John 
What I say? You know, you said it right. I know I said it right. It started to throw me off. Jack Warden plays the Sean Penn part, so it's wow. great to see him. This guy, James Philbrook, plays Colonel Tall. That's the Nick Nolte part. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to see. That, I mean, a lot of the dialogue is exactly the same because it's based on a book. So it was really fun to see, like, these lines that I thought Nolte, Nick Nolte, just owned in the, the Thin Red Line 1998, or set all the way back here in 64. And not the easiest movie to find, like... Uh, DVD wise, but there are a bunch of rips on YouTube. So just go do that because it's like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. But if you love that original movie, sorry, if you love that 1998 version as much as I do and like have it committed to memory, it is a lot of fun to go back. There's so many similarities of it. A lot of fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was just an hour and 45 minutes on YouTube. So check it out. Is that good for you? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from you. What do you want? First guest, what are you watching? Okay. As many as you uh, want. Oh, I've got two. Sight and sound top 100. No, you just say, yeah. <laughs> Sean Dealman. The first is do yourself a favor. And this is my favorite movie of 2022. Oh, yes. yes. So yes. far, go see Empire of Light. I love this. With Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. It is movie pleasure. Yeah. And it's very, it's a variety of subject matter. But it's just—it's a wonderful movie, and Olivia Coleman, she has to be ranked as one of the best actresses right now. Yeah, yeah. You, anything she's in, you become who she is in the movie, yep. and you're right there with her in this movie. And the greatest part of this, without telling you anything about the movie, I'm trying to be vague, is this shows a great respect for movies in general. Oh, it absolutely does. It's a, it's another love letter it's to movies. Ju- it's just a delight. Yeah, it and, really and it, was. And it's weird. It's weird subject matter in mm-hmm. many ways. I I enjoyed seeing it. Yeah. So that's my first. No, I want to talk about that before we get to your second because this is this is one like I unfortunately fell into the critical trap on this and I saw that the reviews are just not good for it. And we talked about this yep. a lot with Babylon that the reviews were not good for that and it kind of made us more intrigued. But I. I unfortunately believed what people were saying. And then I get this. I, and I had like a Wednesday to decide I, I can go see a movie tonight. And Empire of Light was one of them at the theater right next to me. And then just so happened, you went and saw it that night. You texted me on Thursday and you're like, you got to go see it in the theater. And I went, damn it. Because by then it was like 30 minutes away. But I went and saw it. And then I'm just sitting there, not unlike when we saw Babylon going, that this is not a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know what people are on about. I don't. It does deal with some like tricky subject material, mm-hmm. fine, it does. but nothing like crazy. It's no. not bad. It is a really gentle, just well-made movie by Sam Mendes, who knows how to make movies. Shot by Roger Deakins, who knows oh. how to shoot movies. It looks gorgeous, but he's it not. Does. It's not like 1917 or Skyfall Deakins, where he has effects to work with. And I love the, those looks of those movies, or even Blade Runner. Yeah. It's not that. It is like. I don't even know if there's a digital effect in the movie. Like it just, I mean, some fireworks or stuff. It just all looks so beautiful. And Olivia Coleman, you know, very well known to British audiences before like the favorite American audiences started to get her to know her a little better. Well, because of like Fleabag and the favorite, but she just can't do any wrong. I mean, the movie she was in that Maggie Gyllenhaal directed was like, Oh, Lost Daughter. Lost Daughter. She was really good in that. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you motivated me to go see Empire of Light and that you're recommending it here because people should go see it. Yeah. And you've motivated me because we were talking about this before we stepped on these mics (laughs) and I was sold. I was sold by your passion. Boom. Good. And then this second movie that I want to, I don't know if recommend or whatever, Alex will know this. I 
have spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to live a very simple life, which sure. my wife and I do. We live a very simple life. You know, overall, we're very contented. We just live a regular life, you mm -hmm. know, which is great. And a few weeks ago, I had occasion to watch a movie that I think everyone should watch. It's just about a simple life and how good that can be. And I had never heard of this movie. It's from 2016, and it's called Patterson. Oh! oh I didn't know you were going to do this! Oh, my God! And this it, is it, his it, favorite! Oh, this I movie. love this movie so He told me good. he watched it, and I was like, that's one of Nick's favorite. I had no idea I, he was oh, going to bring this up. Wow, I had no idea. Wow. Oh. I, he loves it. I love it. Go go on, please. No, that it's just it's it's just a it's about a simple, easy life that to some may appear mundane, but it's just it's the perfect life. That's what it, it is. is. You find the perfection it's, in that mundane in, in just your everyday life. That it's enough. There I, I said this um before. It's a giant perspective, a, a beautiful giant perspective on something very small. Absolutely. And um and and that en encapsulates life. My my stepdad's a poet, so I learned a lot about poetry from him. And this movie to me is it, it's it's a each scene is its own poem. But the movie as itself is one giant poem. It's it is. a beautiful little movie. It is. Yeah. Everyone should see it. Do they what should, you have yeah. to do. I think I want... It's, it's on it's, HBO or something. Yeah, it's usually, uh, yeah, it's usually I think it was, it's on Amazon Prime. Amazon yeah, okay, Prime. Amazon, okay. It, I'll, I'll watch it more than once. Good. You like yeah. Jim Jarmusch. Every Jar Jarmusch movie you've told me you've seen, you've liked it. And that's yeah. like one top, of... That's top three favorites. Yeah, that's one of his yeah. favorites. I you love know, and Adam Driver. Come yeah, he's just He just kills it. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm glad, I'm that, glad that, you like that. that. Oh, my goodness. That <laughs> Great was nice. way to end. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I my, love heart, it. my heart is so full. We did it. Place in the Wait, Sun. Did you have one more? No, no, no. Oh, that okay, was okay, it. Okay, two, okay, two okay, okay. Oh, Place in the Sun. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this. I don't think we've done a deep dive on a movie this old, but that's for good reason. And I love it. I want everyone to go see it. Thank you, Dad, for being here. Oh, we'll thank you. Back. you. Thank it was you. so this much great. fun. It was so this much is fun. great. Let us know what you think of this episode at WAYW underscore podcast on Twitter or Instagram. But as always, thank you for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostel.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. Send us mailbag questions at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com and we'll answer those on the show. Or find us on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. Wasn't that fun? Didn't my dad do great? Did you like how Nick called my dad old for no reason? God, what a jerk. Next time we're going to get liquored up and take him to the peach tree dance. There will be blood commentary. Oh my. Stay tuned. And happy watching. Done. There we go. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was so that was fun. fantastic. That you 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 know, like father, like son, you you both have such a good voice. You actually, your voice on on mic is really good. Really yeah, strong. Very, we, we have a little like a, a baritone to it.